Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. Getting a new vehicle can be stressful, but not at Lake Elsinore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. That's where surfers go inland to purchase their new and used vehicles. Otis Mineral Glass Eyewear. Born on the rugged, surf-rich coast of Western Australia, they create sunglasses that look good, last the distance, and complement an eclectic lifestyle. Mineral Glass Lenses, environmentally friendly, scratch resistant, with perfect clarity. Otis Eco Acetate is made from resources widely found in nature like cotton seeds and plant matter using natural non-fossil fuel binders. That means the acetate part of our frames is non-toxic, recyclable, and certified biodegradable. Otis Glasses is beautiful. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at inherentbummer.com. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Surfa CBD, grown by surfers for surfers to help you maintenance your body after a lifetime of surfing. Follow us on Instagram at Surfa. S-E-R-F-A-C-B-D. WaveKey is the world's most comprehensive land-based sensory surf discipline. The brainchild of former number one surfer Brad Gerlach, WaveKey's martial art-like focus on slow, precise, land-based movements embed powerful surfing patterns and fundamental technique for surfers of all levels. WaveKey is a land-based program allowing you to achieve a heightened focus on the movements as you practice. The effects of this are amplified when the practice begins to subliminally emerge in your surfing. It takes time for this to happen, but when it does, your surfing improves dramatically. Brad Gerlach is front and center in all aspects of the unique WaveKey course, presenting recorded videos, live session videos, Q's and A's and insightful expert notes. Nuggets of gold that you simply won't find anywhere else. Wave key for the love of surfing. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Our guest this week is a van enthusiast. He's created three successful companies at the age of 18. What? Three? Three, yeah. I thought we only had one. No. His van conversion company, Van Speed, uses high-end materials while combining luxury, comfort, and giving you custom-tailored outfitted options. You'll be blown away on the details that go into every build. 
There's a huge market and demand for Sprinter custom builds right now. How many Sprinters are in my driveway right now? We got three out there, back to back. (laughs) And Dan Speed's sole purpose is to help you create a life of freedom in your driveway and on the highway. We welcome the wildly creative and sharp-witted young owner of this awesome company, Duran Duran Durag Morley. Right? Morley? Yeah. All right. Wow. Yeah. So we were just saying that Duran Duran (laughs) might be the youngest entrepreneur we've ever had on the show and maybe I've ever met. I don't know if we've, I know we talked about the senior guys, but this dude's only 21 years old. Yeah. And he's, he just started building custom vans and has his own company. (laughs) Yeah. Congratulations. You're killing it. Yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show. Welcome to the, thank you for having me. So let's start at the beginning. Yeah. And why we're all here. How and when did you find surfing? Growing up in Orange County, that was kind of like the number one thing. Yeah. It was really, you know, it's a Southern California lifestyle. You surf, you skate, you ride motorcycles, you snowboard during the winter, yeah. you just hang out. Yeah. Always outdoors. Um, I never really grew up playing video games or stuff like that. So, yeah. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You hear that, kids? <laughs> yeah. Get your mind working on other things. Um. I'd say in the summers, we did junior guards. Yep. Awesome. So parents would drop us off in the morning and wouldn't pick us up to sunset. Yeah. So you kind of had to figure out something to do. Yeah. But uh, we just always grew up in at the beach or riding motorcycles or skating or doing something outdoors. So yeah. surfing yeah. was like the number one thing because it was hot out. You want to get in the water. And, you know, we grew up playing water polo. And, you know, water sports is a big part of our life. Yeah. yeah. So between me and my two other brothers, um, surfing is always... You know, go to thing. And what town did you you grew up in? Here. I went to Beach. Huntington. Yeah. You HB. went to Edison. I went to right? Edison. Yeah, a couple years, and then um, finished up on homeschool. Yeah. Um, just to pursue some of my passions. Yeah. Sweet. Good for you. So go back to surfing. When did? You, how old are you? Um. By actually, the way, sorry to interrupt, but the junior guard program is amazing. Yeah. Like I wish I was grew up in Huntington and went through that program. Yeah, you might you might have, you know, got a little stronger in swimming, a yeah. little bit more confidence to go surf a little bit, you bigger know. Bigger waves, yeah. Bigger than yeah. You know, Thanks for bringing that up, Jay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is. Uh, talking about yeah, all all of our kids went through the program and I mean, if you live at the beach, it's just like I mean, swimming safety should just be like reading Second and riding nature. a bike and and you know, everything else like, oh, yeah. you know, and the, the the ocean program with the junior lifeguards is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how old were you when you, so, I mean, like when I was young, I was, you know, I was riding pretty much a bike before I could really walk good. <laughs> um, and the surfing as well. Cause you know, it was more convenient to ride motorcycles and stuff, um, than surfing. But, um, as far as surfing goes, like just like any young kids, probably like, you know, four years old, I remember, but it wow. was always in the water, yeah, always in the water. You know, you? It's, it starts from going the little tiny whitewash and somebody dragging around with a string to yeah, yeah. going a little bit bigger. Little, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I can't really date it back, but just from as long as I can remember. Yeah. It was always your parent, in the water. your dad surf or your brothers? You know, my brother surfed and that was always the biggest thing is that they would always go out surfing. I have two older brothers. So I always want to tag along. Yeah. yeah. So what they're at, I would try to kind of compete with, Yeah. which they're three, four years older. So it was always a little tough for me, you know, yeah. but I try to make it happen. Awesome. So did you boogie board first or did you go straight into surfing? Um, a little bit of both. Yeah. They kind of got to a point where it was just like. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. 
Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Surfing is a lot more challenging and fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, Do you remember your first surfboard? or First surfboard was probably like a 9-2, like foamy. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, in junior guards, you just ride all sorts of boards. Yeah. All, you know, different types and styles and lengths but um there's all over the place yeah. and for me it wasn't so much at that age wasn't particularly the board it was just to be in the water and that's what i enjoyed yeah. um just growing up and being in the ocean and enjoying it nice um your brothers surfed and skateboarded too we all all skateboarded surfed um motorcycles just action sports southern california lifestyle yeah that's yeah. the best way to put it yeah depending um, on the weather and the swell and what's you know the plan for the day like yeah yeah you're lucky. Like you're lucky. Your your parents were like stoked on getting it out in the. Uh, is this expensive? Surfing, skateboarding, and we do it the cheapest way possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if it was a matter of like driving around on a Saturday and going to garage sales and finding like a little foamy or just seeing somebody throwing it out on the side of the road, then it was like that was like the golden day, and that was a board that was going to last us that whole season. So yeah. um, we made do with what we had, but it was probably the best times. Yeah. Um, there's nothing worse than getting a brand new board and dinging it and. Feeling a little, you know, hit to the chest. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, go ahead. I, I, I said, I, I grew up here in Huntington. I went to Huntington High. And yeah, I mean, it was like, you're just, your days in the summer, you're just spent going to the beach. You know, it was loose, you know, as far as like parent supervision, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was like, hey, go to the beach. I mean, there was, it was kind of an inexpensive way to spend your day. But yeah. there, like you, n- the water was like, I just want to be at the beach. Yeah. You know, all day. And if not, if it's blowing out, then yeah, we go play basketball or go skateboard or go do something. You yeah. Know? yeah. But yeah, I mean, we're fortunate to grow up. I mean, that's why we paid the big bucks to live here in Southern California. <laughs> you grew up right around here, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like off I, of. Uh... I kind of grew up in like the Fountain Valley Hunter Beach border. Okay. But I mean, pretty much I could say yeah. 90% of my life was lived down at the beach. You yeah. know, it was always at the beach yeah. um, doing something. Did you ever get into surf competition or. Never got into that. Um, I just. Never really got into the competition part of it. Yeah. It was more just for the fun of it. Yeah. Um, just kind of where we, like, you know, one thing we do every year for Mother's Day, we go camp Bolsa Chica. That was probably like my favorite memory. And kind of looking back and it was kind of funny because camping like a mile away, two miles away. Yeah. But it was like a Mother's Day thing. We cook omelets and stuff and we go surfing every morning. It was yeah. cool. Yeah. Like the closest camping you could ever do. So it didn't make sense looking back at it, but it's it staycation, was, it was bro. fun. It was fun. <laughs> That's yeah. the original staycation yeah. right there. So, um, We'd bring out, you know, all the boards we had, and uh, we just, you know, for three, four days, we just surf all day long. Yeah, Bolsa's a great place to hang out and surf, and yeah. waves aren't the best, but you know, it's definitely great for camping. No, but when you're nine, ten years old and you just want to get out, you know, yeah. it's, it is what it is. But you're having a blast, no matter what. So. Yeah. So you, you you rode motorcycles early. 
and was that competitive or are you just for fun too um i raced a bit and then also got hurt a bit and um for me i would try to ride as much you know that was like my big passion as well was motorcycle racing and yeah working yeah. on bikes and building bikes i actually got more into the working aspect on bikes was um when a bike would break and you know you fix it i'd have to fix it because i didn't have the choice <laughs> and your brothers did that too um kind of they were always like a few years older so they kind of stuck with more local stuff um not as much motorcycling but i also grew up with a big passion for motorcycles yeah so for me it was always fun to uh go to like our local like middle school and have my little pw50 and we go ride around the parking lot yeah to get to a certain age where it's like yeah you probably shouldn't be able to do this <laughs> so yeah. did you 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 raced competitively yeah i did for a while um a lot more track and desert yeah but did it for a while and got hurt as well and kind of went back and it's kind of hand in hand if somebody's yeah. like yeah i motorcycled but yeah how do you not yeah. get hurt yeah no that's the thing um <laughs> it's really a race till you get hurt but um motorcycling was definitely the most expensive yeah you know it gets very very pricey very quick and it's a lot of time as well yeah but i grew up with a lot of friends that you know actually took it a step further and actually made more of a career out of it wow so i actually have a couple of friends down in um baja right now racing a thousand sick so, all the way down from ensenada to la paz so Cabo yeah. area yeah um do you know who Justin Mulford is? He heard of him. Yeah, he's he's a Huntington Beach yeah, yeah. Uh, local too. He was like a, a super grom, yeah, yeah. phenom, and then yeah. he just injuries and just got burnout, and then yeah. took ten years off, eight to ten years off, and then that now he's like back on. Yeah, yeah, but it's he hard. does like skateboarding on a motorcycle, skateboard tricks and features. And, yeah. yeah. Like no, he, definitely. Once it's once you're into it, it's like a part of your blood. You really can't exit it. You know, yeah. it's it's super fun and it's addicting. Yeah, for sure. Um, skateboarding, same thing. Just like skateboarding, um, just kind of like after school thing. It was something yeah. that's easy that doesn't matter the time of day or if it was windy or hot out or cold yeah. or whatever it is. It was always something to do. Um, but not as much yeah but, but just part of the it. part of the lifestyle yeah, yeah snowboarding yeah, in the yeah. winter when it was the snow was good yeah and um, we'd go up there but um yeah i mean anything you could really imagine in southern california like the true action sports we did it yeah did you ever go on surf trips we do surf trips not not anything um too far but me growing up like mexico is a big part of my yeah upbringing my, yeah so um Mexico was super fun and we'd always go down there for the races or to go surf or to hang out or have like a little vacation there. Yeah. That was always like the place to go. It was super cheap yeah. and it was close and it was like, yeah, everything was great. What is, tacos, everything. What, yeah. Right. We love the tacos yeah. and the, well, now you could drink the beers. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, what, what did your, uh, what does your dad do? Or like, you know, how did you get involved with like building motorcycles? Just um any help or my dad's actually in complete different market he's more into like motorsports marketing so wasn't necessarily um anybody in my family really about the motorcycles or building or just building things in general how i actually got into it was the only way i could really get my bike repaired is if i had good grades and for me i was never really a school person i was always hands-on building things yeah Um, if it was anything from rc cars to like mopeds or different stuff like that so one day i was like okay well i'm just gonna fix it myself and that was a whole YouTube, you know, series coming out. And, yeah. You know, things really, you know, type anything in YouTube and you learn how to Isn't that master cool? it. We didn't have that. Five minutes, you know. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of learned how to fix it. And Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit from your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, 
every time a team you own wins, you earn cash, win payouts. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team's going to increase in value, you can buy low and then sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Did a terrible job, but yeah. then learned how to make it a little better and better, and eventually I was like, I don't need good grades, I can learn how to fix it myself, you know? So yeah. that was a cool thing for me, <laughs> um, which obviously my parents, you know, wasn't their goal with it, but um, yeah, and that kind of is like, oh, it's pretty cool to actually be able to fix your own thing instead of drop it off a dealership and spend wait. a couple hundred bucks and wait, yeah. you know, four weeks, whatever, to get it fixed. It's um, a gratifying, satisfying thing to be able to fix something yourself. It is. Yeah. Um, and fix it over and over and over and to realize what the problem is when you're out and about and um, to have that little small thing you could change. And Yeah. How old were you it. when you started? Um, that, I had it been like 10, 11. What? I was young. Dang. I was really young. Because I was... Um, you're like, Dad, I need a new tool set. These aren't the tools I need to fix this bike. Well, luckily, you had all the tools there. Um, so I was like, yeah. perfect, you know? I had everything I needed. And really, when you're working on the new... The new parts of it, you really don't need many tools. You can kind of make do with what you have. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that kind of escalated into um, when Alibaba kind of like first started to get big and they had the motors that you put on a beach cruiser. Mm. The Alibaba, the, 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 you're the, talking the, 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 the website? Exactly, the website. Okay. Um, so from China, China, right? From China. Okay. The so, $250 kit or $200 kit. So it used to be like 43 bucks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, and it just used to include like a motor and like a little gear set and a chain, and a couple of things. And then um, I kind of took my knowledge from the motorcycles, the RC cars and stuff, and got this kit. I was like, I'm gonna build myself a little like electric motorcycle, you know, but on a beast cruiser, so yeah. nobody could say anything. Um, How funny. And then I, I got that and I was like, how am I supposed to build this thing? No instructions, everything's all wrong. So I kind of like took parts off my motorcycle to make it work, throttles and brakes and things like that to like yeah. Jimmy rig it together and make it work and it worked. But I was like, oh, it's like sweet. And so what we do every weekend um, or even days after school too is that And you attached. were in what, high school or junior high? No, this is junior high. Jeez. So looking back at it, I'm in like sixth or seventh grade on a little, you know, motorcycle, yeah. beach cruiser that goes like 35 miles per hour hauling ass on the street no helmet nothing you know so it was cool you, yeah you gotta transfer some like disc brakes or something on that because how do you no, start with we, the traditional oh, no, like we had a traditional oh brake on there so even worse what we do i mean worse it was fun at the time but looking back at it, i'm like wow what i do but we would attach like a 20 foot rope from home depot and like i don't know maybe like six or eight kids would be towing behind on skateboards yeah and we just go as fast as we can until somebody would fall <laughs> you know get the speed bobbles or hit like a little pebble at sixth and seventh grade. <laughs> yeah. So that's what you did. Yeah. Until you wiped out. Yeah. Well I never I mean, yeah, we actually always wiped out. But um yeah, people got some some pretty good stories from that one. Some yeah. good raspberries. Yeah, really good ones. Um yeah, there's always what was it, Yorktown and Ward. There's <laughs> never any cops there, there's never anybody there. Yeah. yeah. So we'd cruise those streets all the time. But I never got pulled over, yeah. never got hassled for not wearing a helmet. Um, did you build a bunch of bikes? So that's what I ended up doing is that. Yeah, friends know, were like, I want one. Yeah, I exactly. Want one, Christmas I want. came around. It was like, dude, I want one. Yeah. You, know, and, you know, everybody wanted one. So, so was this your first kind of business venture? 
almost. I guess so. Yeah. Um, and at that time, it wasn't a business venture in the mindset of like, let me make money off of this. No, just I want to go with my oh, friends dude, and we could all... if we all had bikes. Yeah, yeah. we could all like, cruise around. Because there's nothing worse than, you know... Um, you have you know ten people with us, and we always cruised around the neighborhoods with you know groups of people. I yeah, like, you're bossy. Yeah, so uh, there's nothing worse than having to wait to people. Yeah, you know, wait for people to come catch up, or you know people are tired, they want to go the extra distance, whatever it is. So everybody started to get them, and then I kind of sent things back to China. I was like, hey, can you guys like include this in the kit, like something similar? No way. And so they started like revamping it, making it a little better, and adding bar- parts and pieces. And so wait, you started communicating with your vendor I'm on Alibaba and I'm lying that I'm you know Bob Bill from California 37 years old you know (laughs) but it worked um so that was always a cool thing uh just to kind of like because you figured they could probably do it better than you know if it like you're they're they're sending you a a kit yeah like hey like well for me improving what yeah well producing for me it was like okay well throttle here is you know like Two hundred dollars, whatever, and I couldn't afford that. Yeah, and I was like, okay, well, they could probably make this kit, and I could probably just get it all together. And, and now, who, who, did you come up with that on your own to like address that? Like, a, oh yeah, no, yeah. they would sell these like, kits. No one said, like, hey, you should tell them, you know, what you need. Yeah, no, that's the thing is that like it was like a do-yourself kit, and this is where later on I'll kind of get into the whole do-yourself aspect of what we do now, but. um this is a do-yourself kit that gave you like the basics of it. And yeah. It's up to you to decide like what you want to do with it. Mm. Um, and of course, they don't really tell you that. Yeah. It's more like here's a ready-to-go kit, and then you get it, and it's all wrong. Yeah. And it's like, dude, what do I do here? Um, but then again, that was like my um, that was like my lemonade stand money, you know. So yeah. like I had to, you know, make that work, or I'm not gonna be able to do anything with it. Like that was a waste of money. So. Um, yeah, just sent back stuff there and got better pieces back and better and better. And were they tripping? Whole... Like, and because it's a Chinese company, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, you know, little did I know. But um, I think the biggest thing was is every single sample I sent back, I was, uh, you know, claiming I'm going to buy all these kits. You know, so I need a sample so they yeah. get to it really quick. Yeah, and uh, eventually they sent a good enough kit back. I said, okay, well, I have a few friends that want these, and I got various things together. We went down to Walmart. We got some bikes for, you know, I think it was like, I think it was during this time, you know, a handful of years ago. So, like, Black Friday, they were just giving out the bikes. Yeah. So, we picked up bikes for, like, 65 bucks or something. Somebody got, like, a mountain bike, then beach cruisers and stuff all over the place. And then we got these kits in. And um, How many kits did you get? I think the first run we did, like four bikes yeah and then and what was, it, that, what was the price was it you know first first so purchase time, was like 40 something and yeah then that time added, ended up being like maybe like 80 bucks a kid so not too bad no not too yeah. bad um 80 bucks throw a bike and bikes about 100 bucks so like under 200 bucks you had like a fully functional little motorcycle and this is like a little one liter like two-stroke tank with like gas oil or how, what is it like? yeah it's so a little two-stroke motor um with like a little clutch that didn't really work that well. Yeah. It was more of like a, uh, you'd hold in the clutch and it rev crazy and a little tiny carburetor with air filter on there. Um, <laughs> then they had these like things you bolt together on your um, spokes. Yeah. So your spokes had like all the pressure of the sprocket. So it was like really janky kit that wouldn't last at all. Yeah. But to get us through a few summers was perfect. Yeah. Um, 
So you're, you're kind of all the kids are emptying out their dad's lawnmower, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> hey, I can't mow my lawn this week, and where's all my my casco? No, that, there's pieces that was, missing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's pieces. Missing. Exactly. Or people would just put regular gas in there, and they burn up. Um, yeah. It was a, uh, it was an interesting, yeah. interesting time, but it was cool to like hop on a bike and go to Seven Eleven. Yeah. And you pull up in front of Seven Eleven, and you hear like this little like pop 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 pop, like you know a little. Little crappy little um, two-stroke motor, but it got us around. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and like just to like fast forward to today with like the the craze of electric bikes. You know, there's a there's haters out there like, oh, you know, electric bikes, this or that. You know, just because they're not in tune with the new. But if you look around at how many more people are, I I feel like more people are out on bikes. Mm-hmm. You know, getting outdoors and like so what they're maybe not huffing and pedaling like you know like they used to have to yeah but that maybe gives them more run yeah just going to 7-eleven is more fun going down to the parks more fun riding down it's like it just makes it more fun yeah oh yeah no doubt that's that sounds like you know that was your kind of idea Mm -hmm. of like cruising around with the the posse rolling 7-eleven getting your slurpees did you make money building those first bikes or just um i'd say the money i made was very minimal yeah it was more like the joy of it. Yeah. I was like, oh, these, these are sweet, you know, yeah. but I made enough money to like eventually, um, get something a little more classic, which is like a moped, you know, something like the seventies. Yeah. So, um, at that time, which pedal mopeds were so exactly. Sick. So it was similar. It was just something I was like different. Yeah. You know, the beach cruisers were cool. They were just like a, a little janky, you know, like a lot of times it would break and things would happen. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't much more you could do with them. So then I got into mopeds, which was um, a whole nother thing, which is very similar and not as many people bought them because they're more expensive. You know, you're talking about like 600 bucks, 400 yeah. bucks at the time. Um, and they're they're not plentiful, right? No. Mopeds are harder to find. Exactly. Yeah. They're a lot harder to find. Parts are more expensive. But for me, it was like the look. Like this thing looks rad. Yeah. You know, it's a little classic. Um, yeah, cool and, lines. It's almost like the women's like... Um, didn't have like the crossbar, yeah, yeah. sissy bar, and and just cool. And seats. it felt like more like a motorcycle. Yeah. And that was like my number one goal is to like, like how can I ride a motorcycle on the street but not get pulled over? Yeah. Um, and what was it? Was there an age for mopeds? I mean, I would think you have to be fifteen. There right? probably was. Yeah, but but at yeah. the time it was like I mean I'm sure when we were like eleven years old, ten years old, yeah. riding around these you know beach cruisers that went 30, <laughs> 35 miles an hour, like they weren't slow but they weren't fast. You know, but they're fast enough. Fast, <laughs> yeah. When you're on it, 35 miles an hour feels really fast. Yeah. <laughs> when you see the front tires start to go left to right really quick, and all of a sudden you just hear like things kind of fall on the ground. Um, it was fast. Yeah. But when you get, you know, six kids behind you on skateboards going down like a main street, and everybody's just like, "What's going on over yeah. here?" Yeah. It's uh, it was something that would have attracted the police, but um, we never got in trouble. Yeah. So as long as you're not doing stupid stuff, and you're just kind of like sliding under the radar. Yeah. What did you do with the moped? Because mopeds already got an engine on it. Yeah, and that, that's the thing is that it wasn't anything like super creative. It was more just like the look. Like I wanted something like looked classic. Yeah. So I did mopeds for a while, and um, what did you do to like changing fenders we, I or just, paint? No, no, or no, like, so we'd buy them, and hand? I would just um, me and a couple of my buddies we'd buy them and uh, just like stuff that's been sent to people's backyard. Like our typical Craigslist thing is like, yeah. You know, my uh, dad used to have this, and he's now moved out of the state, and this thing's been sitting here for 20 years. I used to get rid of it. A lot of times, people would get rid of them for, like, 20 bucks, 30 what? bucks, 40 bucks. Like, totally beat up, but for us, it was, like, fun. Yeah. This goes back to that whole, like, satisfaction and, like, yeah. um, thing of 
wow, like I built this, I completed it, yeah. I fixed it. Now this one thing that sat in somebody's backyard for 20, 30 years, all rusted and destroyed, now is like going 35 miles an hour down yeah. the road. So but, you would just restore them? Exactly, okay. restore them, fix them, but at the end of the day, I was like, well, it's still going the same speed. Like, how can I make it like a little faster? Yeah. And um, I was part of this forum online. Um, it's called Moped Army. <laughs> Got so, on the web. Huh? I was like, I know. And I was like, I was like, <laughs> fight it. How can, can I figure out how to get this thing faster? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, so went on there, and uh, ultimately just like just learned more about the technology of motorcycles. Yeah. And that's where like I kind of found my love for like motors and cars and motorcycles and just. I guess engineering. Yeah. Um, everybody on there's you know, 30, 40, 50 retired. So they have like a lot of time to like, you know, mess around different specs and things like that. And I'm over here. And I think at this time I was maybe like 13, you know, Holy yeah. crap. Um, did, your, did your parents ever question or like all the time? I mean, my biggest like... thing. And to this day, <laughs> my favorite thing my mom says is like, yeah, when Duran was like, you know, 12 years old, he'd have me taking him to like, Inland Empire or go pick like, up parts or a bike. Yeah, go pick up a bike and um we went to Yosemite one time. Yeah. It was like a family trip. And this is like a thing between me and my brothers, my mom. My mom's super into camping. So we went into Yosemite. On the way to Yosemite that at this time my mom had a Prius. So we went to Yosemite and I found like a super cheap bike online and it was actually two of them. Oh my god. So we went there on the way we picked them up. I like begged my mom to pick them up. How so, was it? Where are you going to put them? We had the back seats down. <laughs> we shoved one in there. And then uh, the other one, I took off the wheels, took off the forks, like at this person's front yard. Just to get it in. <laughs> Just to get it in. We squeezed it in. And um, were so. you, did you buy the bikes to motorize them? No, no. So these were mopeds. Oh, okay. These were mopeds. Yeah. So uh, this is one of those deals that this lady. You know, it was like her ex-boyfriend's, I don't know, some crazy story. There's always an interesting story to yeah. some Craigslist fine, you know. Just get him out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and they say that and they go on this whole, like, other, you know, tangent of, like, how they got there and why their boyfriend, da, yeah. da, da, you know. Yeah. It's like a whole story you kind of get into. This is why we broke up. Yeah. And then That's it's like two hours people. later, you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> these are bad memories. Yeah. <laughs> Been waiting for somebody to take these eyesores. So were, were they running or were they like no? No, they weren't running. Um, didn't have anything for them. Didn't have any titles. Who knows? They could have been stolen. Somebody could have been looking for them. I don't know. But yeah. I want to say at that time I paid what? like two hundred dollars for both of them. Wow. And then like had like the original like receipt and title or not title um uh, like handbook and yeah. that stuff. So what brand was it? Those were derbies. Derbies? Derbies, yeah. So it was like a brand that was imported from, I think it was um, France. Mm. They switched a couple of times to France. And this is actually an interesting one, but they're actually imported to Catalina. Because at, at the time, Catalina, you couldn't have all the cars and golf carts and stuff. Yeah. So they had mopeds. Oh, and interesting, carts. right? Yeah. Like, so Catalina, there's all over Catalina. Nobody yeah. knows. And so they've actually worked their way more to here. And they're also imported to California too, but no other states how funny yeah so derby's a brand that was imported or exported to catalina and some parts of california exactly what a trip yeah so nowadays like you go to catalina and you'll see them like super rare mopeds yeah like under tarps and like it's kind of crazy yeah um, they've become less and less over the years because there's a lot of people know about it now yeah but um at the time it was, it was an interesting thing to yeah. find out 
Did so. you did you have a preference of mopeds? Because I know there was Peugeot. There's Peugeot. There's Pook. There's uh, Gorelli, um, Derby, um, Saks. Um, Spotify Green Room. Spotify Green Room is a free audio-only social media platform for all sports fans. Start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join any league or group you want. And follow us at Late Night with Chalky to be notified when our room goes live. Spotify Green Room. Like there's like the Hondas. There's a couple other ones too. But yeah. at the time, I didn't really care. Yeah. It was like, what's cheap? And what you know? What can I afford? So you did this quite a bit. Like I did it all the time. And that's just kind of the, like you said, not not sit there and be like, oh, I'm making a bunch of money, but just to to, to keep the habit, like being yeah, able to it, afford. It was funding the habit. That's like, what it was. Yeah, get the next one. Hey, I got enough money now. I could go get another set of bikes or a bike or exactly. And that just that was like constant for years, you know. Yeah. Okay, it's cool. What's next? What's next? And I'm um, sure your parents are like, dude. Well, it's your own money. This, this is yeah, yeah exactly. Are you you're, flipping you're, them? Like you're I flip them, yeah. and um, you know everything I had into it plus like a little extra. Nothing worth my time, but but you your know, time is, was is your is old, your, so yeah, your education. Time, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing is for me. I learned so much during that time. Um, just the fact of working with my hands and you know. Um, Really, nobody else in my family had that. Yeah. So for me, it was like very rewarding, you know. That's why I asked what your dad does because a lot of it, you know, comes, you know, yeah. it comes through your, you know, parents, your parents and DNA. You know, yeah. like you have a knack for certain abilities based on, you know, yeah, what's been God, like gift, you just, God gifted you. Yeah, you just came up with your own deal. Exactly, and yeah. I guess um, my dad was more into building stuff and making things. Yeah. I never got to meet him. Um, you never got to meet your dad? No, no, sorry, my dad's dad. Oh. Sorry, my grandpa. <laughs> no, no. Um, so I guess the whole kind of running joke is that sometimes things skip a generation. Yeah, oh, for sure. That could have been the thing that skipped. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just enjoyed it. And it was, yeah. For me, it was like my escape. It was yeah. like my escape to work with my hands and, you know, just like surfing is my escape. Yeah. Um, snowboarding. Yeah. Um, riding motorcycles and building stuff is also yeah. another escape. So... Um, what kind of surfboard do you ride? Talk about surfing for a second. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know. Um, I kind of bounce back and forth. My favorite right now is probably, I'd say my 5.9 Twin Fins, a Glasson. Yeah. Um, it's just fun because it, it's so smooth and so mellow, but who's your easy to ride, though. Too. Um, it was done by Forrest, Mitchington. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. um, that so was Deus. Like used, yeah. Yeah. So that was like a used one I got off him, I don't know, a few years back. Yeah. Um, it was before I was going to Mexico for a trip, and um, I was like, I need kind of like a beater board. And that was basically one of the two boards I brought. But um, I got stuck on twin fins for so long. It did. That. Yeah, I told like four them. Four years, that's yeah. all I rode. I'm all, you're, I know. you're blowing, you know, again, there's, there's days where that's the board you want, mm -hmm. and then there's yeah. days where I'm watching him just slide out and get pitched, <laughs> and I'm like, or just pass out for a I'm like, you can't even like, Hit the yeah. lip. You're just going down and doing a cutback at the end of the wave. I know. Like, get, get a real yeah. board. And he was, because it was paddled so easy. And it's it a is, fun it's board. Like, it's easy. Great. Yeah, it's not too thick, um, but it's thick enough. You can yeah. paddle super easy on it. It's super easy to get into waves. Um, just very universal. Yeah. You know, and you can kind of go into anything. 
effortless. That's a word I always like to say, exactly. you know, because you can just get up and it's already fast. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's got its own And it's speed. got the flow, but you, you it can't. O- it only works with head high and under. And slopey waves. And Not, slopey you can't waves, take it yeah. to Newport yeah. and think oh. you're going to. No. <laughs> Unless you're Asher Pacey. True. From step four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you get to see that movie yet? I have not. Oh, bro. I think it's online now, right? It's phenomenal. It is? Yeah. yeah. I think they it's for, they put on YouTube for free. It's oh, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah Snap. Such it's, a good movie. Yeah. Creative rippers all over, you know, doing everything. Big barrels to high performance to crazy air. I mean, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, I know. So pretty much that's kind of like my go-to board right now. Nice. So. And you snowboard. I snowboard. Um, this seasonal. dude snowboards a lot. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I, it's... um. It's very rewarding because it's not all the time. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you got to get it while, you know, the season's mm-hmm. there, you know, and you kind of thirst for it sometimes in the summer. And then you're like, but I like summer. I like the yeah. beach days, you know, like you don't want to trade one for the other. You wish you could, you know, it's not like that. You know, it's like, oh, it's winter. Like, mm-hmm. go snowboard. Yeah. He, he, you went last year. You had fun. I right? went last year. Yeah. For like, it had been like yeah. 10 years. Yeah. But we had a blast. The, because the kids wanted to go, mm-hmm. you know, try it. So yeah, we went. It's like surfing had, had a blast. Man. It is. It's a big workout. Yeah, yeah, huge workout. Especially but, when you don't know how to do it. You know, yeah. the falling down, the getting back up. Yeah, it's it's excruciating. Yeah. yeah. Any uh, cool surf trips you've been on? Like where you've been? Um, like besides Mex. You know, Mex is probably my go-to spot. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hawaii or like you I've been to Hawaii. Like Hawaii is cool. Um, Went to um, Oahu there. It's good. It's pretty packed. Yeah. Um, and that's my favorite thing about Mexico is that there's nobody there. There's yeah. cheap food. Yeah. Um, good culture. And um, there's so many spots. Yeah. So many so spots. So we went to um, we went to shipwrecks back in um, August. We went to Cabo. Went to shipwrecks. Nice. Um, I love nine monuments, monuments and things like that. Monuments. We went to Cerritos. Cerritos, like, yeah. it was a little windy out that day, but... Um, super hot you yeah know? but it was nice because nobody's out there because yeah. it was so hot but it's crazy how built up cerritos is it is so i, I went there, there maybe i don't know four years ago with a friend and there's kind of like nothing there yeah. you know there's a couple there's i think one american that moved from um texas that had a bar there a few other people that had houses and stuff and um now there's full-blown hotels there's it's resorts crazy. being built yeah um, that little hotel in the cliff right there that kind of looks like the Hotel California. Yeah. Um, went out of business. So the we, plates now, instead of serving on like a little plastic sheet, now they actually have plates. Yeah. So yeah. Things have changed. Yeah, upgrades. <laughs> yeah. Build it, they will come. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I, um, when I worked at Huntington Surf and Sport, we used to go at the end of summer, like Aaron Pye would reward us, some of the guys that worked for him, and take us all down there and dude we we get so lucky with south swells yeah and look uh los cerritos yep. before anything was even on the beach it was just like a dirt road you know and no no house on top of the hill just like this weird weird like shanty and that was it and dudes would uh, drink beers and, and fish off the the shanty but man, it was so freaking good and hardly anybody out. Yeah, know? so you went way before me then. Yeah, way before you. You yeah. probably weren't even born yet. Possibly. Yeah, because yeah. it was probably 20 years ago at mm-hmm. least. But um, but yeah, so you you started 
kind of making a little business of of uh yeah so you know kind of fast forward got into the motorcycles got into building motorcycles got into more creation and like fabrication and design and and this is high school this is um just going into high school wow um, so when you say fabrication so kind of realizing like i want this fender or this tank or this frame or i need this modification needed so like how am I gonna get it done besides paying somebody a bunch of money to get it done? Yeah. Um, and obviously, me and kid in, um, or sorry, uh, middle school and high school, I couldn't afford that. So that's my whole thing is to kind of like fund it and keep things yeah. moving. Um, so I went to this place. I didn't have all the money for all the tools and stuff. So I went to this place in Coast Mesa called Urban Workshop, and um, bugged this guy for like months to let me join, but I was too young at the time. Finally, let me join. And then that was like my after school thing, like every day. That was like my like, like an internship, like no, no, no. It's no. just a place where you sign up and you can use all the tools and stuff. Oh, urban workshop. Urban workshop. Is it still around? I think it's still around. Yeah, oh, that's so, a cool, super cool idea. You can yeah. pull in your car, you can change your oil, or you could like, you know, it's in Costa so, Mesa. It's in Costa Mesa. So it's right behind John Wayne Airport. Okay. Was it a membership, or you it's you just membership. had to sl- slot your times and see, you know, like when there's openings, or no? So it was a membership. Um, it's like hundred bucks a month. Yeah, and you could like secure like certain machines or things like that but when i went the place was just opening yeah so it was like it was like me and like three other dudes there you know Killer so brand like new equipment. Shop. yeah this place is huge too um it's all brand new equipment you kind of got to use everything yeah. so you know so is it like a sign sign your life away like exactly. hey, if i lose my fingers i don't yeah. sue you <laughs> yeah is, is it like a a machine shop it's like everything so they have like sewing there uh vacuum forming they have, um, I think they actually have like a surfboard shaping class there too now. What? I don't know. I think last time I checked, um, they do 3D software. So that's kind of what I got into some like the SolidWorks, which is like 3D design. Um, and how did you find out about this place? This is just like a random pass through. So my dad's office was right down the street. And then um, every uh, every weekend we go clean his office. I was like, the fun make thing some money. Do. Yeah, make a little money. Um, so we're driving one day, like urban workshop. What's this place? Let's stop by. Cause right next door used to be a Crevier. Um, yeah, Beamer. BMW. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, these have like a museum and stuff. So it's always cool to see the cars, um, and just see motorcycles and different stuff they had there. So we stopped by the one day and just realized like, whoa, this is in our backyard. This is perfect. This is moped riding distance. I could, um, <laughs> you know, there's like restaurants right down the street and there's like a Wahoo's there and hit after every single day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like right down the street. I go through Wahoo's. And uh, it was like the perfect place. So I was like, why not? So did a lot more stuff there and just kind of um, made things bigger and better, I guess. Did they have like somebody going around like like helping or just kind of like instructors? Like, yeah, um, so they had a couple instructors. At the time, it was more like, it was almost private lessons in a sense yeah. because there wasn't a lot of people there. So they would help with whatever. And uh, you take like a little class too yeah. to make sure like, you aren't gonna chop off your fingers or you're yeah. not gonna like zap yourself. So are these people tripping on this junior high kid freaking Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, at that time, a lot of people were actually running like little small businesses out of there. Yeah. It's like one guy, he made uh, custom motorcycle parts. So he'd be at the CNC all day long and he'd be machining like little hubcaps or um, triple clamps or like little bits and pieces, motor mounts. So I would always kind of like look over there. That was always like a cool thing to see. Yeah. Getting inspired um, by it. Getting inspired. And, um, yeah, and I just kept building, building, building. Yeah. And that was my biggest thing to, like, improve. Like, how can I make it better? How can I increase it? How can I make it cooler looking or get what I want? Yeah. Um, yeah. I hate entrepreneurs. 
<laughs> I, I mean, I found it. I, I mean, that's just for what your interests are and what you are doing at such a young age, and to find a place like that that was just like a perfect opportunity. It's crazy, to right? Open up to all of that accessibility, the machines, and the, you know, you had mentorship almost. You yeah. had like you know teachers. It's like, wow, what a perfect like opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, and it was cool just to have the ability to have like you know five hundred thousand dollars of tools like at yeah. my fingers at you know. 14 years old I was like sweet and you for know? you to stumble it on on it you know yeah. cleaning your dad's office on no the it was meant to be you know and that was like the place I've been wanting to go to because you know my parents garage at a certain point gets so old you know yeah. and neighbors complaining you know me at like 10 at night grinding or welding you know got a lot of complaints we were definitely the number one hated neighbors you know <laughs> um, turns out it's not a big uh, it's not a cool thing to start your motorcycle at 10 at night and to ride down the street probably People did not. not like that yeah, yeah. So what kind of motorcycles did you start getting into? Like um, Harleys or like... I get into Harleys, you know, I always had dirt bikes. So dirt bikes was always part of it. And um, and then I got into a lot of the Harleys. It was the cheapest, easiest thing to get after mopeds. Yeah. So got into a lot of the Harleys and realized like, I don't like this tank. Let me do something different. Like, oh, it'd be cool if we actually cut out a piece of the tank. And we, you know, like how they have those little butterfly uh, um, crystallized stuff. Like they pour the butterfly, oh, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. clear thing. So you put like a butterfly in there, put like other random stuff in there. You put um, like scorpions and stuff. Because um, my older brother at this time, he had a Harley too. So I was always fixing his stuff. And then I was fixing his friend's stuff. Um, and I was like, okay, well, let me get my own too, because this would be cool. So start doing stuff Harley? like that. Yeah. Okay. So I was like just turning around 15 at the time when I got like my first legal street bike. And I don't have my license or any of that stuff. And of course, my mom kind of flipped out because that was the biggest thing is like, don't ride a motorcycle. You know, something's going to happen. And, you know, it's not if, it's when. Yeah. Um, I tell my kids that. No yeah. motorcycles. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. But yeah. um, when you're on it, you know, it's, it's a hell of a lot of fun. So <laughs> can't really complain. But, um, yeah, so kind of just got into that and built bikes. And at that time, um, I was uh, bugging um, Roland. I walked into Roland Sands quite a few times yeah. to bug him for like a job, an internship, whatever. Like, let me sweep the floors, let me do whatever. And then, um, so how did you find out about Roland? Um, he was it was famous already. Yeah, he was getting there. Um, basically, the biggest thing that a lot of people grew up to was like West Coast Choppers, Orange County Choppers, um, Discovery um, yeah. Chopper Building Series. So yeah. we always watched that. Um, and then we always went to the races and uh, he was like a local one that I knew and you know, I wasn't gonna go to New York or any of that stuff. So it was, it was a close by one that I yeah. could ride. It was straight down um, a couple streets, maybe like a six mile ride from my house. And um, no I was able to go like straight there and take me you know, an hour on my moped, but you know, I'd make it. So um, finally let me get in there and uh, just kind of like worked through it and learned as much as I can. So I was working, you know. So there wasn't like a, a specific job opening. It just says, "Hey, no, just, just like come in, we'll figure something out." And you could. You exactly. just cold called them. Just yeah. cold called them. Cold walked in. Yeah. Cold until. <laughs> um, so, so wait, you you rode your moped to oh, yeah. Golden Sands Warehouse. Yeah. And and you go, hey, my name's Duran. Mm-hmm. I love building bikes. Yeah, I was like, I, I want to work here. Like, I want to. Did you have like? photos of like stuff showing like here this is what i'm doing like check my yeah it was like it was like the funniest stuff compared yeah. to like the pieces of art they build there you oh know? for it's sure like yeah me kind of doing my whatever makes sense right here yeah but um yeah and i think it's 
I think what beats anything is not so much knowledge. I think it's more passion. People yeah. that want to learn and want to do better, um, to me, makes a huge difference. Yeah. Now, did did he? Did you get access to him right off the bat, or was it like his handlers? Yeah, a no, gatekeeper no. It was, I was kind of like straight up to him right there. Um, really? Yeah. It was more. I mean, you know, Roland's a super cool guy. And, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So it was cool just to kind of say, hey, like. I talked to Roland. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it worked. And then worked there for a while and just worked through all the different stuff they made and design and just learned as much as I can. For me, it was like a total playground. So, you know? so was it your idea to like kind of, obviously there's a lot of different departments in bike building and did you start at one and progress to others or you just kind of like overshadow and put, they put you where you, you were needed? So what was cool about Roland's spot is that it wasn't like this huge production line. It wasn't anything like that. Everything yeah. was still like very boutique and like very, you know, customized. So when I got there, there was four guys in there. And um, as far as like the shop. Yeah. And they'd all work together. So um, one of the guys ended up being like a really good mentor of mine as well. Um, and he did a lot Wait, of fabrication. Wait, how old were you? 16? No, I was 15 at the time. 15? Yeah. So that's my How sick is that? Like, you know, yeah. you, you had confidence and passion enough to like just the balls because he's on tv right he's already yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of big time in, yeah. the, in the motorcycle building world mm -hmm. right and yeah. you know instead of being intimidated you're like screw it i'm just gonna well and for me see. like i never really got like starstruck with it it was more like whoa this guy builds rad shit yeah like i want to do that how, how can i do that and there's only you know there's no other better part to it than to well, be just part of it you yeah know? well i mean why wouldn't you? How fortunate you are to live close to somebody of that caliber, where you could live in, you know, a lot of places in America and not have that access. Yeah, you know. So this is the second thing that's like accessible by moped. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was a stretch. I'd um, on my way back, I had to stop at a gas station, so I'd carry like a little like um, you know, metal bottle with oil in there because at this time, you know, two-stroke mopeds. Yeah. So I'd have to mix gas at the gas station and kind of like eyeball it. Um, it worked though. Yeah. I made it work. And to me, it was it was cool. You know, it was an hour ride home. I'd beat the traffic on the way home, so it was an hour each way. And so you're side, still, side streets the whole side way. Side streets, yeah. yeah. You're, you're still going yeah. to school though, right? So at this time, I'm just in um, high school and I'm doing this after high school. So go to high school during the day. Yeah. And then um, this is after high school. Yeah. And this is kind of like the beginning of it. And then I make the transition through and, um, you know, I, uh, I did eighth grade, um, homeschool. Okay. And, um, basically I, cause you want to spend more time. I just want to spend more time at home. Like yeah. I want to learn something different and just try different and things. And your parents were cool with that. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. So, so, you know, <laughs> I had to kind of like bug a little bit, but, um, for me, it's just like school is never a thing. Looking back at it, I see the importance of it in certain things yeah. that I you know, wish I would have learned or yeah. things I would have done differently. Did, yeah. did your um, brothers get homeschooled? No, my brothers were always at school. Yeah. So both my brothers went to Huntington. Yeah. So I was the one that was a little different, went to Edison. But um, I'm like all, all my brothers, they're very, very different. So my two oldest are just like very different things. Um, more office, more creative. And I'm kind of like the perfect mix, I guess. Yeah. So I guess I have the little creative building side to me, and then also, I guess the little 
business side as well. Yeah. But ultimately, I just enjoy what I do. Yeah. And then I got to fund it somehow. So. And I mean, that's refreshing to hear. And we hear it all the time. We always preach it. It's like, you know, follow your passion and, you know, opportunities and, and doors will open up. And, mm-hmm. you know, what makes you more happy? Like you're set, you know, hey, I, I, this, I just wanted to do this because it's awesome. You know, yeah. like, this yeah. is what I'm into. And your parents were, had to be tripping on what you were doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, your your brother seemed to be normal, right? Like, going through school, doing that, but you're totally different. Like, I was super different, and like, my biggest thing was I was so passionate about it, so maybe that's what they saw. Yeah. And maybe that's why they kind of hands off, because when you see somebody so passionate about something and wanting to fill, like, you know, either a problem or a need, whatever it is. Yeah. Because um, that's a big decision. Yeah, yeah, parents are like, like, dude, am I screwing this kid up for life or are we doing the best thing for him? <clears throat> I have kids. Yeah. And that's a that's a challenging position to be in, but you just gotta, you know, go with the flow, I guess, yeah. and, and support. Like, homeschooling is way more prevalent now, but back then, you know, it was pretty much not even a thing. No, he's, well for the beach guys, <laughs> for surfers, yeah. yeah. Uh, we we see it. But like for him, like yeah. for a guy that wants to be a to build motorcycles, yeah, like that's weird. Yeah, no, it, it was it was definitely weird and um, something super different. But uh, I think it was just the passion I had for it all. Yeah, and you know, my goal was to never become like you know the best bike builder, the best moped builder, the best this or whatever it was. It was just to create really cool stuff, and hopefully that ends up into being something. Yeah, either if it's building a product or whatever it is, because you're. How old are you in eighth grade? Like fifteen? You're like I think you're 14, just fourteen. Yeah, yeah going. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, if you're a parent and your kids going, hey, you know, I, I've decided I don't want to. Yeah, go he's to not school. a senior. He's an eighth. You know, like, yeah. it's a big difference. In I'm, I've decided I don't want to go to school anymore because I want to follow my passion mm-hmm. of building cool stuff. Like, yeah. how crazy is that to take that leap of faith with your kid? But I get it. It wasn't on a whim. It wasn't like just a, an epiphany, like, you know, in the middle of like, you know, I just woke up. I went, he's been doing it for yeah. years already. And yeah. you've probably seen the, the progression and, you know. Well, and I think the biggest thing, like, you know, growing up, we always had so much different stuff. Yeah. Like our parents always put us in like every single sport, every single different thing that you could think of. So I guess you could say they're always, you know, into trying different things Yeah. With, um, yeah. to see what sticks. And yeah. For me, this is what stuck, and I was very into it and very passionate about it for a long time. Yeah. So, Roland Sands. So, Roland Sands worked and there it, for a while. Was it an internship? Internship? It was like an internship. I was showing up, but honestly, yeah, I didn't paid. care. Did you, was it your first paid. paying job? So, it wasn't my first paying job, um, although I would do the swap meets on the weekend and to have like sell whatever parts, whatever they want, and that, that'd be like my moped gas money. Yeah. You know? Um, so wait, you you would sell stuff at, at the swap meet? All their like you know old parts or takeoff parts, things like that. So I'd load up um, all their stuff and then meet them at the swap meet on Saturday and sell their stuff for them. But um, it was like you know old sale stuff, discount stuff. But, for Roland or for Roland, yeah. Okay. So um, make a lot of money there and here and there, and then I do the moped stuff still and do motorcycle stuff and help friends, help my brother's friends. So I was like making money. Yeah. Never really had like a, you know, a tie to a job. Yeah. But um, I was doing it on my own and still made money and still was able to enjoy, but I was just so passionate about it. Mm-hmm. So for me, it didn't matter. It was like, cool, I have enough money to eat this week and 
go uh, go get some gas. I'm good to go. That's all I need. Yeah. <laughs> so after eighth grade, you did homeschool, and then you went to Edison for. I a went short to Edison. Uh, played water polo there. Um, surfed with my friends from the surf team afterwards, and just kind of did that every single day, and um, basically went there as well. So I'd leave school. And sometimes I go surf, sometimes I go straight to Rollins, um, and then stay there till like six or seven at night. Um, that was kind of my like, I go to thing. Yeah. And um, basically just, just learned as much as I could there. And then the end of tenth, you're like, I'm too busy. There's it was too much like, opportunity. I'd say it was about like the middle, wow. the middle of um, sophomore year. Is um, I was like, okay, well, when you're, what were your grades like? They were like all right, you know. It came down to more of like a competition on like, you know how good can I cheat or how good can I fake this homework or whatever it is, yeah. you know? But, um, it we'll was, cut that part out. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, all right. And I just, um, I was always like the, in between, like the average, you know, yeah. never like excelled further, never really decreased. I was like, I was yeah. floating through, you, you know? Just, just staying under the radar. Exactly. Like, you know, getting- um, so, and that was the thing is that, you know, if my grades got really bad, then yeah. I couldn't go to Rollins. I couldn't do my things I normally could do. I'd go to the garage and all of a sudden, you know, like my power tools be gone. I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah. well, if you have bad grades, that's why. I'm like, yeah. okay. Um, so I was always just about there. And then uh, sophomore year, I was like, cool. Like, this is what I want to do. And this is like, this is my goal. And, and this did, is what you've seen. And did you have like... Did you figure out like, wow, there's good money to be made or it doesn't really matter to you at that time? You're just like... The money was there to be made. Um, for me, it was a matter of like enough to make a living, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but at that time too, bikes, you know, they would sell for 120000 150000 yeah. for a custom bike. So for me, I was like, wow, you know, like this could be really cool. How... It's, it's crazy that you had that ur- urban... What was that place called again? Urban Workshop. Yeah. And then... You, you somehow infiltrated Roland Sands, one of the most highly uh, sought out bike builders, like mm-hmm. making bikes for Brad Pitt and yeah. Mickey Rourke and all the, oh, yeah. Yeah. and selling him for, like you said, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And here you are, wet behind the ears kid, walked in and said, that looks I cool. want to work here. Yeah. And you get an internship. Like, that's pretty special <laughs> yeah i mean it took some it took some nagging for a while you yeah know, but yeah. i was eventually able to get in there um how many times did you go on your moped before you said okay let's give you a shot so the first couple times i didn't actually get to talk to Roland. um and then a couple times after that talked to them i'd say about maybe like four or five times <laughs> and then um how sick is that <laughs> And persistence yeah yeah so um just learned as much as i could there yeah um how long when, did you work there for three years or sorry sorry hold two years two years okay yeah um and then from there i went in and basically uh went to sturgis with them built bikes with them learned like production of parts learned like manufacturing techniques learned pricing learn how to kind of like sell people, learn a lot of these things. And some things that maybe I've developed like part of my career as far as like building mopeds and selling them to friends, but more fine tuned it. And I guess gain more of like a business aspect to it. Yeah. Of like- Profit, you oh, know, like, mar- margin, to, like, you know, yeah, how exactly. long time is gonna make, take this, you know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of factors that go into like coming up with a price. And, yeah. Yeah, and then um, 
Road to Sturgis, that was a pretty epic uh, ride too. So um, another thing convinced my parents, like, let me ride to Sturgis, let me ride to Sturgis. So on a Harley. On a, uh, actually, this time was on a, uh, I had a KZ1000 police bike. So a police bike? It was a police bike I got from somebody, yeah. And it had like, I don't know, like a thousand miles on it. He had the police jacket on it. He had everything for it. Wow. And uh, the sirens. Nobody's pulling me over. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And at this time, I'm like, I'm 15 and a half, 16 years old. Um, I have my motorcycle license, which you're not supposed to get to like 17. Um, Somehow the DMV randomly gave it to me. Maybe (laughs) cut that part out. (laughs) Um... And Wait, so how did how did you get that? Who did you talk to? No, <laughs> Who did you pay off? <laughs> yeah, somehow they just randomly gave it to me. So I don't know how. I was like yeah. when I was doing my in, or some sort of driver's license thing. And they're like, yeah. oh, we can't do it unless you have this completely completed. I'm like, okay, perfect. So I don't have to take my motorcycle test or anything. Yeah, but um, yeah, did that road to Sturgis, had a ball, um, and then kind of learned a whole new, you know, thing of. Uh, I guess different things and opportunities and parts and people and just it was a very life-changing experience for me to kind of go through that and then um I came back and realized I wanted to kind of like do something of my own and I wanted to um like kind of follow my own passions yeah. and tell us about what, what the ride to Sturgis is like and Sturgis is like a big motorcycle gathering right yeah so it's in South Dakota I think on average that maybe they have like 300,000 people damn um I know, I want to say in a few years before I went, it was like their 50th anniversary, which I want to say they had like 750,000 people. Yeah. So it's a group of basically a lot of people that have been in, they go every single year and they go to this place. It's a town that maybe has like a population of 80 people year round. It's a little ski town. Yeah. Super tiny town. And then there's Just all these it. houses there that everybody in the town that lives there, they move out during... Um, Sturgis rent out their house yeah. and their property and people to camp on stuff like that. So you, you know, like houses we stayed at, like they had family photos everywhere. You know, like people were, like were living there <laughs> like yeah. a week ago. They're like, yeah, a couple weeks and then we're paid for the year. Like, yeah. And, and you rode out there, South Dakota. With who? So like, what kind of group? I um, there's two other people I rode out there. Um, they it was a photographer and then somebody else and basically they were a part of RSD Rolling Sands. Um, they did a lot of work with them, so they're right now. They left like a few days ahead of time, or sorry, yeah, a few days ahead of time, and um, I met them in the Grand Canyon. Wow! And then in three days we rode through um, Colorado, up into um, straight to Dakota. Wow! Pretty much. So I ran all that's the way a, through there, and then that's um, a long haul on a bike. It was that, a long haul. The bike I had was like a total couch on wheels, though. Yeah, had a full OC, had cruise control, um, <laughs> had like a fairing. I could put everything in there. It was a sweet setup. Yeah, yeah. That, um, those bikes look like they're. But you're you're like fifteen and a half. Yeah, going with grown you know adults yeah. cross country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was. Uh, it was pretty epic. Yeah, I could only imagine. Uh, and that was life-changing for you. Yeah, it was just cool to see so much, you know, because we never really traveled to a lot of different states, but it was cool to see, like, all different stuff out there. Yeah. And kind of where you could be broad and you could be in the middle of nowhere and, um, you know, you could break down and you'd be out of luck. No yeah. service, none of that stuff. Um, and you could be stranded there for who knows how long. Yeah. But um, it was it was rad. So after Roland's deal, you're... you're 
start you want to start your own game yeah so you know design like a bunch of parts and different stuff that i was starting to sell and get going selling and, at um, the flea market swap meets, swap meets or and, online you know online and at that time too is i started to that's the kind of like area that i guess there's a big like online website craze where people are like build an online store make millions live you know in paradise you know total thing but me um i was like wow this is this is pretty rad. I mean, let me learn how to build an online store. I, I don't know how to do that. So <laughs> I started that, and then I actually got hit on my motorcycle. I was going down, um, what was it, Newland, or sorry, Bouchard. I was going down Bouchard, and right before Adams, um, a girl was texting driving, turned left in front of me, and I T-boned the car. Oh, my god! And I was maybe going about, like, 60. Holy smokes. Yeah. I flew 150 feet. I, um... I was like, oh, I'm, I'm good, you know? Let me stand up and go right back home. And then I go to get up, and basically my leg was broken, it kind of collapsed, and then I like my bike literally blew up. Wow. Like total movie style, like blew yeah. up. Um, caught on fire and everything. Damn. You flew um, 150 feet? 150 feet. And you had your helmet on, of course? I had my helmet on, not a single scratch on my helmet. What, what did, how did you land? Just no clue. And roll? So You're basically when I was coming up to the park, or to the car, I was going up, and um, last second I was like, oh shoot, and then fully ejected myself and kind of flung. Yeah. But I flew really far and just in the air, last thing I remember is just kind of like seeing purple, and then feeling like I'm on like on Gravitron, the ride from like the fairs, you know, a little spaceship thing that turns around. Yeah. Can't move your arms or anything, you're just fully spread. And then hitting the ground, it like, it wasn't painful. And I, you know, the adrenaline kicked in everything, yeah. so I didn't feel pain at all. Wow. I'm tripping, like trying to visualize. I'm visualizing yeah. and I'm seeing you like Superman through the air and you're conscious the whole time until like you hit and you're... Yeah, and that's the thing is I didn't know that cross. Like I didn't know if I passed out for a second or not. Yeah. Um, it's hard to tell. And you only broke a leg? No, I broke my leg. I had arrhythmia. <laughs> I had internal bleeding. Um, I broke a few toes. Um, I broke, I don't know, like five ribs or something um but you tried yeah. to stand up oh i tried to stand up it was thing of like, your whoa. adrenaline was pumping and yeah i was like let me get up and get my ride me on my bike home and <laughs> they're like no 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 yeah. you were freaking yeah well that was, was the thing it a I, compound fracture or was it oh no it was like it was pretty much a clean snap um i had basically i had pieces of my rib too that were kind of like hanging off so i had to get those taken care of what were you wearing <laughs> board shorts um fuck shoes <laughs> fuck off short sleeve shirt it was a summer um and then i had a three quarters helmet what's that so basically like little, just like, like you know, a face right here open and uh, not like a full face you know yeah. yeah so if i was like land on my face i would have been pretty screwed up yeah i don't know how i get it do you remember like you putting your arms up or you just like i just remember like full like spread eagle just like spread out couldn't like really wow, did your life dude. flash like before your eyes or you just you know, I gotta like, say that had been like one of the most calming like moments it felt like it was like a 20-30 second ordeal I mean just like floating in the air just and it just I like almost, super calming like I almost imagine what you're what you went through because when you said you saw it and you went uh oh and you like pre- like you ejected yourself yeah. like you knew when to take off when your motorcycle hit yeah and that's the thing is that you know I guess you were wearing board shorts. Board shorts. Um, just were you tennis wearing shoes? shoes? Just tennis shoes. Fuck. Just some like classic vans. Durant. My shoe got... Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Dude. 
my uh, shoes got ripped off. My shorts were ripped. Um, yeah, let's. Yeah. This, that, this is so. In there, oh, bro. you didn't say anything. This is a. This bro. is like a perfect time to take us a, a, a little segue. Here we go. We'll talk about sponsors. Yeah. A little reset good? with our Ashland. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Watermelon. Yeah, okay, watermelon too. Proud sponsor of the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, you know, you're so stoked to come on the show. Yeah. Not just because we're rad dudes. <laughs> but we're rad dudes. Because we have rad sponsors, that's yeah. why. These are tell him what tell him what he's won. <laughs> <laughs> what lemon here on the show you get? Yeah, you get Ashland Hard Seltzer. This Perfect. is the the Bellinger uh, brew, Cody which Bellinger. is just amazing. And then you have Saint Archer. We're gonna test that one out in a little bit, and that's the cold IPA, it's really refreshing and tasty. Um, we got you a nice set of Otis. Sunglasses, Otis Eyewear. Perfect. Um, they do a great job of, you know, mineral-based uh, lenses and recycled um, acetate like frames. So they're really, you know, uh, supporting clean manufacturing. Shade sunscreen. When you go surf, you got to lock in the shade. You know. Thank Perfect. you, Strider. We got bon- We got bonsai bowl. You love the yep. the bowl. Live Dude, life in the bowl. Live in the bowl, bro. Right there, and then Caliente Southwest Grill for some. You know, amazing, uh, fresh, uh, healthy Mexican, healthy food. Mexican food. Yes. Yeah, so we're loaded. Caliente? I'm not, but it's, I'm really into food, so this is perfect. Yeah. That is like on 17th. Oh, okay. Um, right by Surfside Sports. Like yeah, Saint I know Complex. exactly where, yeah. yeah. Okay. So good. Yeah. Bonsai Bowl. So There's good. one here on 5th Street. You know where they are. Yeah. One in New York. shirt, too. Mesa. Okay. Now that I got... Kept it out of I, My mouth was getting dry just listening to like... Death fly, you know. He was wearing board shorts. Yeah, I know. And and a t-shirt. And yeah. So how fucked up did you get? You like, know, as far as road rash goes, I wasn't like completely destroyed, um, which is the surprising thing. You think I, like you know, you, I think I kind of like flew and then like rolled. landed and just like kind of sat there. You know, like it more like gripped me on the asphalt. But um, I was like just crazy, like wind knocked out of me. Just or, like what, what was your motorcycle? What were you riding? It was a 1998 Harley Sportster. I had 10 over forks, so 10 inches over stock forks, like total choppered out. Um, I created like this cool little king queen seat for it. I had this like custom air filter. And this bike I just finished, maybe like two weeks before. Oh my gosh. I had like this cool custom air filter. I um, basically cut up all the side covers. I made all these side covers, I casted them. I had these uh, handlebars I made from scratch as well, um, shifters I made from scratch, like all these parts that yeah. I was like making and designing that. So this girl was texting and she made a left hand turn yeah. and you miraculously lived. Yeah. You, and that was the biggest sh- thing is everybody rolls up, they're like, how is this guy still alive? You know, like I felt like by the time I blinked up my eyes, there's maybe like 40 cars like just surrounded us and like had to be like it felt like hundreds of people running towards me but um and it was kind of a weird thing because at that accident i knew so many people that were like by me like friends family family friends um they just happened to be driving they just happened right to be there. driving yeah. and right there it was like the craziest moment and um that was definitely one of those points in my life that i'm like 
I survive this, like I, could I have anything. to do something else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so where was your leg broken? So I was broken right at my shin. I um I have like maybe like a eight inch. Let me see if I saw it on here. See that? But I have like an eight inch. Scar? So it was a lot bigger, but yeah, basically this is all cut open. So this is all like loose skin right here. And um, yeah, just a gnarly. I was bleeding like all over. That was the biggest thing. I had a lot more cuts, yeah. not so much scrapes. But um, you know, my I broke my handlebars off like ejecting my bike. And that's probably so what you hit your ribs on? That's probably either I hit my ribs or my leg on. Mm. Um, but uh gosh yeah. man it's so crazy to think that 60 miles an hour i mean that's like death yeah death. no 100% i should have been should have been and what, and what was um like your your recovery like a few months i would imagine like, yeah no it was maybe like 3 4 months um at the time we had a family friend that was doing a uh like cryotherapy yeah. um, place so I went there like three times a week. Yeah. And that helped like tremendously. That's crazy. Um, so I did that and, you know. And cryotherapy is like freezing. It's like freezing for a minute 30. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're out in the air, which is like hot air, you know, compared yeah. to what you're in. Yeah. Just super circulation. That's the know? biggest thing for swelling yeah. things like that. It was huge. Um, but, you know, for me, I've always been doing something. Like I can't sit still. Like yeah. I have to do something and build something create something is that when you started doing your websites so that's when i started doing my websites i was like okay well you know they said the second day was going to be bad and the third day got worse fourth day got worse um went back to the hospital a couple times and you know because you know i had arrhythmia too yeah and it's like when you're you get such a blunt force that um just like cpr when you kind of beat your heart you get such a blunt force that it actually basically throws your heartbeat oh rhythm yeah, yeah yeah so um too good. Yeah, really good. Really good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Gluten-free. There you go. 0.0 carbs. Really? <laughs> no sugar? No sugar. No sugar, baby. Um, <laughs> so that was um, that was my point. I was like bedridden for a while. Yeah. And every day was just so brutal. You know, just yeah. like your whole entire body. Well, coming from, you know, I mean, brutal for anybody, but, you know, coming from a really active lifestyle you know on top of that is is always hard because that's everybody's worst fear is yeah. not being able to live, be mobile and what you're 16 no this at this point i'm probably let's see 17 Jeez, 18 man. right around there um so i uh i want to create a website that was kind Focus of where your I left time and on. energy into yeah exactly well i can't build anything yeah probably shouldn't use a welder probably shouldn't do any of these things you know like i should probably just focus what I can do now. Did your mom say you're never riding a motorcycle again? That was what she said like years before that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, she was she was pretty bummed out and you know. Um, and but, what about like, sorry to interrupt you, go but ahead. like Roland, like, you know, you're, you're do they like, oh, work guy, like, whoa, dude. Like, well, at this time I already left. So okay. I was already gone for a couple months and. Um, and what, what was the decision for leaving? I just wanted to produce, like, you know, produce my own stuff and kind of go on my own, you know, and just um, follow more, like, my passion, you know, and um, just be a little different. Yeah. So, you know, I learned a lot there, and I could have learned a whole ton more, but um, I just want to kind of learn stuff on my own and 
produce different stuff, I guess. Um, so I was very fortunate and very thankful for what they offered me there and what they um, gave me the opportunity to do. Yeah. And uh, but and I just were to you thinking of, of making more custom motorcycle parts or what were you thinking? Um, it was more custom motorcycle parts and kind of do my own different stuff. Um, and then I also wanted to create like a bike. That was my like kind of life goal is to create like a motorcycle. Yeah. Like a like your own custom. My own like actual motorcycle that could be like produced where you can go into a store and buy it. Wow, that's um, big ambition. Up, that's big. That's big. Yeah. yeah, make your own brand of motorcycles. That was like my goal, and that was like, who is this kid? <laughs> I want my Maybe name in the dealerships. Yeah. Hey, for those of you that don't know, but he's named after Duran Duran the band, right? Yep, exactly. <laughs> that's pretty hilarious. Yeah. So there's the boxer. There's somebody else too, but yeah, um, it's Duran Duran the band. Yeah. So usually when people meet me, they start singing like her name is <laughs> or some one of those songs. So, um, so the website, what idea was to sell parts and I couldn't, you know, make the parts. I was like, okay, well, me folks on selling them. Yeah. And create a website and, um, you know, kind of this whole thing and where I got between transporting bikes and doing all that stuff and what helped me go surfing and, and go ride motorcycles and not get my stuff stolen was having a van. Yeah. So, um, you know, back, I kind of miss this part, but back in Sturgis is I met this couple on the way out there that they were, they had a software company that specialized more in like hotel stuff and basically they sold it for, you know, a lot of money. And what they're doing with their two like young little kids is they're traveling. Yeah. So they had a van all built out. And of course, Mercedes? Um, it was like an older Mercedes. Nothing crazy, but it was more just like, it was functional, you know? Yeah. But it was cool to see like, whoa, like, this goes a lot further than my little, you know, janky little bed platform with my surfboard underneath and then some tie-down racks for my motorcycle on the left side of it. Because um, you were driving a, rent, a van? Yeah, all throughout kind of, um, you know, high school. And Once you got 16, you're like, okay, what can I get? And you got a van, so you what, what can I bike get, in put my bikes in, not yeah. worry about getting stolen, I can yeah. go camping, snowboarding, go ride motorcycles, do yeah. whatever, and throw my surfboards in as it's, well. It's the best car to have yeah. for yeah. our lifestyle you know it's not so for this everybody. couple so this couple they had a van I was like oh this is cool you know and that's kind of as far as I got with it yeah um, but, it, but it stuck but it stuck it stuck really good and I was like there's a, you know there's a possibility here to make it easier for people like me to like realize this yeah and you realize so you started to research in every van company out there so yeah well I was starting to do the parts as well and create a website for that and yeah. then I got to a certain point where I just kind of got off subject and started to do the van stuff and started looking into it and realized like well, I could design something on my computer because I could design everything on the computer and then when I'm ready to go, I can build it out, you know, mm. when I can actually start walking around and start using tools. So this, so the van conversion started happening on recovery. Of, on recovery. On recovery, yeah. Um, and more kind of designing, looking into it and realizing like, you know, my whole goal is like, okay, well, while I'm recovering, I'm going to go ahead and design a van on the computer and basically build it all out and design yeah. it how I want to. So when I'm, fully recovered, I can go ahead and build it and use yeah. it for all my, you know, places I go to and events I do, whatever it is. So again, it's going back to your passion of like, I just want to make my van the dopest I can make it. It wasn't like, I'm going to create a, a, no. a company that, that this, you know, like it was just kind of like, exactly. And start. then come to realize like, wow, it's actually kind of hard to find parts for this stuff mm. um, versus motorcycles. You log in and, you know, you write just on a couple keywords, you have 50 different sites of parts. 
because motorcycles have been around forever and there's a, a lot of people do it forever. This, this whole yeah. van craze is just kind of coming into it's, its yeah. infant But state. it's interesting because vans have been around for a long time too. For sure. But it just hasn't been like a big aftermarket community. Yeah. yeah. So um, after going through it, my, you know, really goals and ambitions kind of changed really quick. Yeah. I was so like... This five years ago, right? Yeah. Before really the van thing blew up. I mean... It's been percolating for a while, but not for the past, like, like right before COVID is when you started seeing everybody buying sprinters. More mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. When you're, yeah. Like, what you're referring you to. Yours 216, right? Yeah. In 2016. And there are already like a, a handful of like people yeah. manufacturing like, yeah. you know, aftermarket pieces, yeah. but they're really expensive and really far away or, you know, like it was... Not the masses. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Not every surfer wanted one. Yeah, I was starting that trend. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> but, I saw somebody and I'm like, you know, but wow, that looks sick. The 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 crazy thing is you're seventeen years old. You just come up walk you walked away from a a death. Like you should have mm-hmm. died. Yeah. Right? And you're making a computer making your, your goal is to make a motorcycle a brand. Yeah. A motorcycle brand. Mm-hmm. And a then, brand and parts and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then you, in the back of your mind, go back and think about what you could drive to. And you remembered that couple that you met with the Mercedes Sprinter. And you're like, oh, you know, you're thinking that's not going to be a business, but you're just thinking that. Like, let me build out my van. Yeah. So when I go to these events, like, I look freaking rad in a Professional. van. With the, yeah, with the bikes and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, then come to realize, like, it's pretty hard to, like, actually build out your stuff. Like, there's no places where you just log in and yeah. go find parts. You know, like, nowadays for motorcycles, you have, like, Revzilla or you have different um, things yeah. online that you just go to and find, you know, you click your model of um, motorcycle and see a drop down of 20 different filter companies or 15 different yeah. exhaust companies very fine-tuned yeah so um, so you saw the white space and the opportunity i did when you start researching for for conversion stuff mm-hmm. but you got to go through the motions and dyi over here you know this mm-hmm. guy's like i i i it's one thing to design but until you actually like physically exactly. build is when your mind goes into overdrive and you're starting to figure out like the do's and don'ts or the kinks or the headaches and exactly everything else and that's when i kind of just um realized like okay well you know let me put this motorcycle stuff on hold yeah you know i'm not gonna be able to ride for a bit and nor do my parents want me to um and nor do i'm sure a lot of people but um kind of put that on hold for a little bit i was like let me just give this kind of van thing a shot and let me design something that i like let me take stuff that i learned and really thought of in the motorcycle industry and put it into the van industry and see how it does and Maybe it could be a startup market, or maybe it could be a total fluke. But at least I'll wrap and drive around and yeah. use wherever I go. Um, and that's the thing I like about vans too: is that I'm able to go ride motorcycles in it, go surf, go skate, go snowboard, do whatever. It's not necessarily like it's only a van to do a van stuff. It really opens up the opportunity to a yeah. lot of different um, activities. Yeah. So um, create an online store, and that's yeah. where it kind of all started for people like you and I to just. You know, get a van and buy all the parts and accessories and really to go on there and find everything you need and purchase it. So that was the, the first thing, like create accessories or create like 
kind of kits. Kits, like, you know? Exactly. So I'd package things together and create, like, bundles, you know? Yeah. At this time, uh, I was actually doing, like, a Amazon drop shipping thing. So, you know... I For work or for, for that? For, 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 for this. Yeah, for... Um, it was actually Vanmart at the time. So that's our online parts thing. And then Vanspeed was more of the builds and stuff that yeah. we later get into. So your first website was Vansmart? No, it's Vanmart. Vanmart. Yep. So online retailer for for aftermarket exactly items do yourself parts pieces um upgrades items things and like were that. you do, like were you looking at like what other people were offering you're like well i'm gonna offer that stuff that's a little bit more generic but then well have, at the like, time there's really places. nobody else doing it yeah so there's like no other people to compare to so i was like okay well if i'm gonna build my van let me build up my van like 20 times in 20 different configurations and see what i could put into the van and so that's what i did yeah. i just built out my van 20 different times to see like how many different setups and parts and pieces can I use and let me offer it to the public. Yeah. So we drop ship it from Amazon and we'd go ahead and just sell it through there. And then it ended up being that people would show up at our doorstep and be like, Hey, like, can I buy that fuse block or can I buy this vent fan or this solar system, whatever it is. And, um, I was like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. <laughs> you know, this is, uh, this is turning into a little more than I thought. Yeah. Like so, in a good way. In a good way, but, but, but you weren't prepared. Yeah. yeah, you weren't ready for that like acceleration. Exactly. So when you say you you created Vansmart, mm-hmm. Vanmart, yeah, and started fabricating kits uh, that had to take money, did you did you take out a loan? So at this time, I was simply just like reselling other people's parts, but I would group stuff together. Mm. So I'd create like easier, like if you know you wanted like electrical system, I'd like grab the batteries the inverse the so, wire all so, that stuff you know so kind of like what you did with the moped or with the bikes exactly i grabbed the beach cruiser and i grabbed the engine and the yeah. throttles and all that stuff and group it Just, together because it, it you know time is money and and you know for people to do research and not really know and if yeah. you already know you're like yeah. here's the bundle you need well and that was the thing is that everything i've done is i've made that mistake is that I bought stuff and had to return it or lose out on it. Yeah. Especially yeah. Like in China, there's no sending back, you know? You're yeah, like Lennon said, it. it's, a, it's you know, like you already gone through that whole yeah. mindset of exactly. what it takes and what the needs. and. So that was the whole goal with it is just bundle everything together. Yeah. So I know if I saw it, like I'd want to buy it as a package rather than like all the little bits and pieces and really put the time and effort into yeah. figuring yeah. out. So were you making stuff yet? or, or like... I wasn't making stuff yet. Okay. Um... And that was like my day and night. Like I loved it and I worked on it all the time. So um, you, you launched your website. Mm-hmm. How did you promote it? Uh, just the Instagram. And I, <laughs> that's all I promoted on. I had a website. Um, you just tag everything, van life. Or followed everything. Band, like followed people stuff, posted. But, um, you know, there's a handful of like van life, I guess, yeah. Instagrams out there. So when there's actually somebody creating a site that people can buy things, yeah. you know, it makes sense for them to post. So it became very attracted pretty quick. Yeah. As far as like a place and to go. And you didn't have this like marketing background of like no. how, how to market yourself Dad, on on. I Instagram. was working out a little bedroom, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that was, but that's uh, what, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you see all this feeds and you see stuff you like and the algorithm, like, oh, there's stuff I like, you yeah. know? And if you start liking enough stuff, then, you know, that's... It feeds you the feeds, same. Yeah. Definitely. And I guess like my marketing background is basically you know, going to work with my dad and, and going and growing up yeah. and hearing what he has to say. That's kind of like my marketing education, I guess. That's my school <laughs> right there. Um, you know, you did a lot then. 
Yeah, no, he uh, he's a great guy, and I've learned a ton from him, so I can uh, really give that up. But yeah. um, yeah, and I just started going from there, and it was like a it was a snowball effect that has turned into a very very big snowball. Yeah, um, the Van Mart, the Van Mart and Van Speed. So basically, so first it was Van Mart. First it was Van Mart. Then yeah. we started selling parts. Then we started importing stuff, knobs, things like that. Make it a little easier for everybody. Yeah. yeah. And um, was it instant, like success? Like you saw a, a positive response right off the bat, or did it like take months? People loved it, and it did take months because um, everything was sold to all smaller items. So it's not like you know you're making money from it. It was more like, oh, this is cool. Like the instant success was having a website. And then what about like stocking these items? Like, did you have to buy like in bulk and then start? So at the time it was all through Amazon. Mm. So whatever Amazon had, it was, you know, it was up to them. So things would sell out. And that's when I started bringing everything, you know, in-house and started actually, okay, well I need a warehouse. So all these people are wanting to get stuff installed. Yeah. So we actually rented the back alleyway of my friend's motorcycle shop. So it was in the summer. So we were, there for like, you, you. we were there for like four months. It was like the hottest summer. It was brutally hot, humid, sun was hot. Everything was just, it was terrible. Um, so, so we'd roll our tools out during the day. <laughs> and all these people that bought parts, they would want them installed as well. So we'd install them. And then it turned into like, you know, things just turned a lot bigger. And people all of a sudden wanted us to build out their entire van. Um, the back alleyway of a motorcycle shop wasn't the best place to drop off a bunch of expensive batteries and equipment. Yeah. So we decided to get like a shop and uh, we decided to start shipping Who's out we? items. Well, just me. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Me, myself. Let's get that I. clear. <laughs> Let's get that clear, guys. Uh, um, but you, did you have your, did you have friends like, hey, like I, I got a lot, all this work. I had a lot like, of friends that helped me. Like, hey, so, I, I could pay you, like, you know, like come come work with me. I had a lot of friends that helped me. I was super thankful for all those friends as well. Um, that kind of helped me throughout the whole, you know, growing of the operation and yeah. really bringing it to where it is. So I couldn't do it without any, you know, the help, definitely. Yeah. And then this getting this warehouse, is that like, do you have n- enough money through your yeah, business? Yeah, I mean, or? this warehouse is tiny. It was just to like literally house a van and then a couple tools. So eventually, where was it? Where was it? This, this was in Fountain Valley at the time. Okay. So it was right behind, or it was Fountain Valley, um, what was it? Ellis and Ward. So little oh, industrial yeah. district, the only yeah. place that would accept us. We had to say that we're just using it for storage. They wouldn't let us be in there because we're yeah. actually cutting wood and building stuff. You know? Yeah. Um, that girl ended up hating us. So she finally kicked us out because we turned into a lot bigger and just like the whole snowball effect we started doing more and more and more selling more and more and more yeah. we had pallets showing up we had racks showing up um, we had a ton of parts showing up and we had no place to store it besides outside wow so it's so crazy to like visualize and imagine like you said a snowball effect of, of demand and people showing up to you and saying hey I want you to I want to buy this from you I want you to install it, yeah. right? And then, like you said, you rented this small little thing that wasn't even, it wasn't even a, a place of business, really. Yeah. It's more of a storage unit, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, how many how many vans are parked? It was, we had vans parked in the street. We had vans parked <laughs> in the parking lot. We had stuff, over, I, had, I had stuff stored in my parents' garage, like parts. So it was like, we had a storage unit at the end, you know, we had a storage unit down the street. It was a, uh, it was a disaster. Yeah. 
but, but um, how enterprising and industrious you are that all this is happening and you're you know you're figuring it out well you don't want to turn around, around uh, away business and you're just thinking right. of like okay how do i get through this batch or these vans and then and then figure out next yeah. move right like that's just, the thing and you know parts and you know okay well we can make this a little better if, if we accept a little more business maybe we could do a little better you know yeah. um when you have the people there and all our stuff was pretty much word of mouth we had an instagram we posted stuff posted like stuff on pinterest we had a website yeah all of it was word of mouth as soon as we got the first couple customers and they started telling their friends and friends there's a certain point um no sorry to go ahead interject but your first couple customers were they surfers or were they like just like motorcycle you know, guys or that was That's a good cool question thing. Um, of course it is yeah that was a cool thing about that industry is that it was very very different yeah, yeah. So we had a lot, a lot of, of people needs. that surfed on the weekend. They also rode mountain bikes on the weekend. And maybe during the weekday, it was their day-to-day driver. Mm-hmm. So we did have a lot of surfers. And I think that's the biggest thing is a lot of people surfed. Um, but it was also, also a multi-use vehicle. Yeah. So I think from surfing, mountain biking, um, hiking, just camping. Um, which, which is, again, like we got it for those exact purposes. Yeah. But, but just talking with, you know friends of my kids and other families and we run through people and it's a car for anybody and everybody you know it's that's what's so appealing and why you know it's probably such a huge market success you know and market and demand is you know it's very universal like yeah custom it's so practical but you know people go overboard on what they want and you know which is great for you mm-hmm. and great for the industry. Yeah. But it's just so crazy how dope yeah. a Sprinter van could look like. Yeah. yeah. You know? With, going back to your accident, and I'm sure you, like you said, you you, you got hit by, or you T-boned a girl because she was texting not paying attention. Like, you get some money out of that? You don't have to say money. Like, what dollars? Yeah, um, quite honestly, you know, my bills were insane yeah <laughs> as far as medical bills like you don't realize until you actually like you know have to pay for it and you realize that like yeah wow to break a bone costs how much yeah you know oh, no, um, it's, it's it's ridiculous ambulance right ambulance fees um they had a transfer hospital so it's like all those things and you look at like a room every night yeah. you know um yeah. hotel yeah like so penthouse. i think i think what i end up walking away with was like two grand You're wow kidding me. That's pretty much it at the end of the day. Wow. So, um, the biggest thing was the medical bills. That was huge. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, it was like a nice, like, okay, but it was also like a year and a half, two years later that it came out. So, you know. That's um, crazy. So, how did you finance your your business? So, it was just all those mopeds and motorcycles and, you know, just keep bankrolling. Yeah. And just kept going and... My your first, parents you're living at home. No, and that was the number one thing is that like, you know, everything I did is I wanted like the hard way. Like I wanted to learn the hard way and I wanted to learn it really what an good. Idiot. You know? <laughs> I know. Looking back at it, I could have had it so easy. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, you know, again, in hindsight, we know a lot of people that start businesses and then it's like, oh, I'm trying to buy out my partner or hey, I get my family breakup or, yeah. you know, like it's very. No, I think it's, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he, for sure. But, I, you know, we. We've interviewed a lot of people, and, and and more often than not, they go your route. And if they don't, then there's a lot of other issues. Headaches to come with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, that's my biggest thing, too, is that, I mean, it's not for everybody, but, you know, like, throughout my, you know, high school and, you know, middle school as well is, like, 
to get homeschooled and to not really go to school yeah was like what are you doing you know um so for me this is kind of like my proof of showing like this is what i'm doing you yeah know? and this is what i'm trying to build and this is yeah. what i'm trying to do um which is admirable and yeah it's, and it's very like like you know it's a great American story. It, man. it is for sure, but <laughs> but you know a lot. And, and this is what these these stories from from you and, and a lot of you know um, guests we've had on is it's like the passion, the work ethic, and just you know taking risk and vision. Like there's so many variables of like oh I went to you know a, an Ivy League school and I'm up super smart. And there's there's people like that and go on and start you know companies. But there's a lot in your same situation that just like man this is what i'm into and this is a risk i took and yeah to work 80 hours a week for you know multiple weeks and one check went to buying new part you know like the snowball yeah. effect that you mentioned earlier is just like you're just feeding what you're into yeah. you know yeah. it's no, definitely it's uh um, it's not really that risk when it when you have that mindset you know you're just like you I, don't think about it i'm, I'm it's not mind matter making a million Two years, I, I, I want to be at a million. I'm going to make, you know, yeah. like, of course, that's in the back of your mind because you're only, you know, you got, you got to look at that. Yeah, and yeah. You're, that's going to come in the picture. But you're just like, he's 21 years old. He was 17 years I, old. Crazy. When crazy. he came up with Vansmart and then it turned. So yeah. when did it turn into Van Speed? So like it was very very shortly after that, you know, when customers, <laughs> when of customers, course. Well, um, and that was the thing is that we yeah. want to create like okay like here's the do yourself stuff and then like my background is like okay well I want to create something like really really nice yeah, yeah. like something that's like a really what was badass, the first install like, like like item that was okay I think I could put this in almost every van was there a kind of a process of you like, know it was more of like it kind of started as like. Like, hey, like, I bought this part. Can you, like, help me? Just, yeah, come over. You know, we could yeah. figure it out. And, like, that turned in. Like, okay, well, like, I want to do this, too. Can I buy this solar? Can I buy this? This, this. So, so that, that's then, what I was kind of trying to get at. Like, like I wasn't was trying to do it. I was just trying to build an online store. But what was the item that everybody bought that they wanted? Like, a solar so or, it was like, like, a, a bench or a bed or, like, a light extra, you know. Yeah, I'd say it was, like, a vent fan. Vent fans, yeah. Everybody get a vent fan. Yeah. Mine, mine's not session. working, by the way. I might have to hit you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> They go out, huh? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Time to time. Um, vent fan, um, insulation, solar. Yeah. People like Extra that. lighting. Yeah. Um, U.S. Uh, plugs. USBs out yeah, yeah, US, all the time. Yeah. So we kind of like... poor kids. They all want iPad neck hookup and plugs. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That like, was seriously. a lot of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. They want to plug in their Xbox and then have their TV there. Yeah. No, there's a lot of different options. But... Um, yeah, we just, you know, it, it's kind of funny to look back on it because it's really changed um, and it's really evolved really quickly. But um, going from selling parts and realizing like, okay, well, it would be cool if like I took all my parts and made like a really nice van. Not like your typical RV, yeah. like a really nice van. And took a lot of stuff from like, you know, Newport Harbor's right here, Costa Mesa, like one of the biggest boat builders yeah. um, in the U.S. at one point. But to take a lot of the technology and stuff that they use. Yeah, because they have the combined space and, you know, how to utilize, maximize, like... Exactly. And also know. quality components, too. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, well, let me combine this stuff. Let me make it, like, a super nice thing. And made a super nice van. So and a yacht on land. Kind of, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> van yacht. Yeah, there Whoa. you go. That's, <laughs> hey, next, 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 next one. There you go. <laughs> Coining it. Um, yeah, so we just kind of went from there and, you know, it's, it's just, it's funny to look back on it as we're talking about it because yeah. it's like, it's really moved, you know, um, all this stuff happened very, very quick, 
but moving to the builds, moving to selling more parts, moving to like shipping all our stuff out of house and then actually making our stuff and importing a lot of our parts as well um, has just grown. So who, who is back? Who's helping you? Like, you know, your friends, it, like, did you, get- I would always just, um, you know, one thing is I always wanted to be, I always want to be financed by myself. Yeah. I never have, I never wanted to worry about like somebody else, um, you know, not impressing them enough or not, um, fulfilling what they needed back or whatever it is. I want to be like, okay, well if I mess up, I want to be on me for not sure. Anybody else. Um, as far as people that were helping me, I had a lot of friends that helped me. Um, and they were into it. They were into it, and yeah. it was cool for them because it was like it was a place to see grow. It wasn't just like you know, okay, what was the day job? You know, it was like it was something that was growing, and it was very big. And you know, the amount of people we had just come to us from referrals and friends. You know, we got to a certain point where we had this this guy's neighborhood that was like the whole entire freaking neighborhood had a van. No way. Yeah, it was in Costa Mesa, and it was like maybe like fifteen people in the neighborhood had a van. Yeah, and they all went to us for all their stuff. So it was funny to like see like housed house 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 and every single one had a van. It's so um, crazy. It was cool to see like that must be helped. Newport. Yeah, it's close to Mesa. It's close, <laughs> but it was all sorts of vans. Yeah, no. So for sure. it wasn't just sprinters. It was people that like they just wanted like a bed in there. They wanted a couple little things. Um, so they could put anywhere from like five hundred bucks up to like five thousand. Yeah. So smaller stuff, you know. Um, and yeah, the van industry is a little expensive. Yeah, as you probably know, and you know, for price sure. get there. But, um, yeah, we just grew from there, moved spots, and uh, realized, like, oh, it kind of sucks to get all um, parts from other places, and it's a hassle. Yeah. So, like, why don't we make it? Like, I know how to make it. I know I could develop the process to do it. And it'd be, like, a cool little challenge. So, made the parts. And that was, like, the hugest headache of, like, all of, all and, of it. And, and where, where, where do you source out, like, part? Like, how do you, like, do you design on, you know... You take something like, hey, this is what I want, but a minute, you're, you tweak it, make it better, and you go find a, a supplier? Like, No, I mean, a lot of our stuff was all more simpler stuff. Um, we just designed on the computer, yeah. and then eventually, you know, we had full-time employees, and then we had people that had skills in that yeah. that were a lot better than me, and, you know, I couldn't do it without the people that helped me. For sure. Um, ultimately, is that, like, you know, I know how to design, I know how to do different things, but when it comes down to it, somebody does it every day, and they're passionate about it. Um, could be the biggest asset. So, and, th- and that, sorry to interrupt, but you, because I know you're going to ask a question, but um, the, you know. You do that a lot. You do, you're doing the design, you're, you're doing this, but to be a business owner, you got to be able to like hire the right people, you know, you got to be able to delegate, you got to be able to like, you know, yeah. you, you can only do so much in a day, you know, mm-hmm. you know what you're good at, but that's. You know, there's so many businesses that like they don't grow because nobody wants to give up like power or or creativity or or you know divvying up the you know the pie of what needs to get done. Like you're seven, eighteen, nineteen, and you've got this van company, yeah. and you're already hiring people. Like, well, I hired somebody that knows you know. That's probably what a lot at. older than you too. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> still to this day. Yeah, I hope so. Right? <laughs> I mean. Most, I mean, um, you're probably the youngest guy that works for your company. I'm still the youngest guy, <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's uh, it's cool. But I, I work with a lot of very talented people. Yeah, and um, it's cool to see yeah. what other people bring to the table and the talents they have, and you know how ultimately everybody comes together to grow a company. Yeah, yeah. and and that's got to be from like your days at, at you know rolling, you know, like and understanding like okay, he's. 
he's doing this, he's marketing, he's meeting and greeting and, and getting the business, but he's telling these guys what to do too, you know, like you got to have your hand in a lot of pots. Oh yeah, and I, I just, I saw all that stuff, I saw yeah. how everything worked there and, um, you know, to me it was like the most amazing thing because we had access to like, you know, we could rapid prototype something, we could also build a custom motorcycle, they could also sell stuff, like it was yeah. so cool to see. Because his, his yeah. site's very successful. Yeah, you and know? to me that was like my like, Blueprint. my high school you know yeah, yeah. i guess that was like my schooling right yeah there. for yeah. sure you're like so. dude this guy's he's got a name he's super creative and he's got the demand he's building bikes he's got this website like i mean you're taking that blueprint and mm -hmm. doing it in the van world yeah yeah and um it's awesome i loved it and yeah. i you know couldn't get enough of it and we just moved to different stuff and continued to build vans and do different things and then we're like okay well we need to kind of separate um, a little before, but we separated Van Speed and Van Mart. So Van Mart's online stores and parts and accessories. Still around? Still around, and we still are pretty active on it, um, but to build stuff and to build people, you know, like on their own. If they're yeah. either in New York, whatever it is, um, we actually have like a full cabinet section coming out. So like people that want to like build cabinets, but don't have the tools, the saws, or the skill set to do so. Comes with cabinets. It's like Ikea, yeah. but better quality, and it's actually meant for a van. Yeah. So it fits better. Because, I mean, so obviously... you have that still. We do. You still do Van Mart. Yep. Exactly. Because, you you know, you, you're you a YouTube generation guy, mm -hmm. you know? Like, in, and that's where you go, and you're like... I mean, if you go click in, like, hey, vans, you know, and I want to put this in, and there's a million different versions of people doing it their own way. You're just, like, packaging that, like... Exactly. Yeah. Like... Because so. I, I am on those sites a lot. Yeah, I'm always checking stuff out. Because yeah. it's just like, yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated and interested in what people do. And every time somebody has a van that pulls up, I'm like, oh, what are you doing? And, and I get the same response. People are like, hey, what did you do inside? Mm -hmm. And it's a cool conversation because yeah. it's like, I'm, it, it's know. almost like a, a, a hobby lifestyle. It is. It is, yeah. You know? Yeah. Van, I mean, souping up your van. It's, it's the old hot rod age it's of like, kind of like but, that. But a little niche you yeah. know? Yeah. So, no. so Vans Mart, Vans Speed, why did you name it Vans Speed? Vans Speed um, was more of like, you know, it's kind of like a random thing that we kind of decided to do, which was um, basically just like, it was a very like, you know, we need a name for it. And what are we going to Speed create? is cool. So speed, fast. We're going to create something that was like more yeah. edgy, more like sharp edge, not so much like, you think of RV kind of thing, slow, sluggish. Yeah. So... You know, kind of like that speed kind of comes from like the car, motorcycle culture. So like, okay, Van Speed. You can see it for sure. And then, you know, Van Mart was something that was just like random too. Ultimately, like to me, it was like the name, okay, done. You know, yeah. Yeah. I just want to like, I just want to create cool stuff. And that's yeah. what we did. Um, created our parts, created what other people just focus. Like, you know, a lot of people just focus on one little thing. We just kind of focus on everything. Yeah. And we just. One stop shop. Exactly. That that was like our motto for the one, you know, for a long time too. It's just like the one-stop shop. You can come here, get a rack, get whatever you want. You can buy parts. You can outfit them. You can have us build them. Like we just want to cater to everybody. Yeah. Because so, I had I had friends that had vans, so I want to be able to like, you know, cater to them and have little parts and accessories, but also cater to somebody that doesn't want a fifty-foot RV. They want you know yeah. a van to go around. Yeah, we've I've had some friends, and this is like again going back to what you you said, Lennon. Like it really exploded the last couple of years and got mainstream and you know, a little bit more prefab and bringing the cost down a little bit because, you know, you're, you're turning more versus just the one-offs, you know, the one, you know, and, uh, I mean, I, I, I've seen a few friends or, or people's vans and I'm like, wait, how much did you spend? Like, 
oh, what? You know, like it, it can definitely run away from me, you mm-hmm. know, and the cool thing is, is, you know, you could, you know, really customize, I mean, anything. Yeah. Like what your van out there that we just did a little, you know, quick, you know, look through. I was like, wow. Dude, without even like really fucking sick. Without even really diving he, into all the details and all the hidden compartments and stuff, I just looked at it and I'm like, this is this is A plus right here. Like <laughs> I mean outside, inside it looks really yeah. dialed. So anybody listening, I think they need to like I mean, do their research and you know, definitely check out band speed because it's freaking legit. It's mm-hmm. legit. Yeah. yeah. So that's your promo right there. Uh, We're going to keep dropping that our, all day. I actually, it's so, it's such a weird, funny, small world. So this guy, uh, Martin, Martinejo, anyways, he owns North Menswear mm-hmm. in San Clemente and Laguna Beach. And we were talking about spinners. He knew that I wanted to get one. And he's like, oh yeah, my, my friend's kid uh, has a, a sprinter van conversion. Uh, business and I go really he goes yeah you should check it out you know they're in Huntington and and I was like no way and I you know started following you and I'm like wow that's fucking insane way out of my price lead but that's fucking yeah. cool right mm-hmm. and and um and then uh I was getting a van and then I hit up my buddy that works for Raceline and he goes yeah he goes um he goes you should check out my uh, this kid Duran, he's got van speed, and he's having like uh, open house. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Wow, you're the second person that told me about this place." So you know, my friend Dave Bonaventura, yeah. we went there two Saturdays ago yeah. and walked your place of business, and we were just like, "This little fucker is 21 years old, and look at this empire he's built, mm-hmm. and you did it." by yourself and it's it's so crazy how you know when, I mean when you say 21 years old like you you haven't lived yet you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> you're like barely at drinking age but here you are you know five years into it yeah yeah and and you're killing it I mean you you picked a category that was about to blow up and you know, and it is, and Definitely. you're, and it's. I mean, it's, since COVID, it's gotten huge. Yeah. Um, and you know, just going back to everything we said is like it's like the perfect vehicle. Yeah. For everything. Yeah. The silver lining in the pandemic is outdoors, action sports. You know, all those markets have blown up, and yeah. van conversion has you know. Uh, prospered because of it so it's crazy how you you know five years ago like like we were saying earlier yeah there's sprinter vans you know around and and definitely um getting more popular but Mm -hmm. like the the past three years is when i think i've seen the explosion of it right like and dude uh that's why i kind of wanted to get you on the show and talk about you know i've it's pretty impressive that you're only 21 years old and, you know, finding out that you work for Roland Sands, who we had on the show too. And dude, and then listening to your story of getting hit by a car. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. 60 miles an hour. 
Yeah. Yeah. That was uh it's nice. Yeah. I mean we this is an awesome story for yeah. sure. And uh, we're super stoked that you know, for you. And what I mean, this is we're gonna give you some business. For <laughs> sure. I'm just throwing it out there right now. Oh like, for sure. Yeah, like we, we have I mean, a lot of friends. Our and, show is is, you know, a core surf show. Yeah. And there's way more surfers, you know, trying to get into sprinter vans than and, they already probably have them yeah. and, and yeah. want to start, you know, so fixing if, them up. So Sprinter is a is a, a model and a brand through Mercedes, but there, you know there's there's also you know Ford and Dodge that are in the marketplace, and and those are getting really popular too. Yeah. You know, as far Do as you like work the on those too, we Not work yet. on them. Um, and that was our goal is like there's so many different types of vans and yeah. gears and things like that. So we got to a certain point where it's like to do from something from scratch is like mm-hmm. a big pain. Yeah. So we're like, okay, well, let's focus on these couple vans that we do. Yeah. And let's, you know, grow more of the online side for parts and pieces for somebody that has either, you know, if yours is a 2002 to 2010, whatever it is. Yeah. But this is kind of like a universal thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's why the online stuff always did pretty good. And then, you know, our builds were like, this is what we create and this is what we do really, really well. So you don't have to tell us numbers, but what is bigger in business? Um, you know, it, it just kind of depends because um, really COVID propelled a lot of things. Um, what we through, do through van speed is, you know, the builds and then we also produce all the exterior parts and pieces. Um, so ultimately is that there's a lot more stuff in Vanmark because we have so, so many different types of parts and pieces. Yeah. yeah. But the stuff in van speed is more higher ticket items. Yeah. But it's a lot slower. You know, each build takes two to three months. Yeah. So it's definitely a big deal but um you know they're they're, i'd say as far as a business has grown it's been um definitely van speed yeah that's so so amazing and how long have you been in that new is that a new spot for you yeah so that new spot we moved from coast mesa um we had a couple in coast mesa we got like our own laser cutter we started making everything in-house realized we're maybe undersized by like five thousand square feet yeah so we just moved into this new spot in um westminster behind the beach right next time to be charlie davidson um we're off the 405 and that one is just around twenty five thousand square feet and been there for about six or seven months nice so pretty new pretty new to that yeah. spot but um dave and i went there as yeah. blown away like, yeah there it's so rad to get, you get to such I already have a sprinter, but I yeah. just have sprinter envy. Oh no. And that's the thing is you just want to get the new and the new and upgrade and stuff and and that's the beauty of evolution, I guess, and, and seeing what's possible and as things get better and better. But yeah. so there's companies out there that just kind of do exterior stuff. Hey, bumpers, your roof rack, your ladder, your access, you know. Um, so you guys are producing all of that. Like you're making a lot of that. Exactly. We sell a lot of stuff to some of those companies that yeah. just install it, but we install it, we build it, yeah. we manufacture all our parts. Um, we sell globally. Mm. Um, so we ship a lot of stuff to Europe as well and South America as well. Um, so we kind of do it all. And yeah. that's kind of where the one-stop van shop really comes from is that we try to do as much as we can to make it easy for customers. Cause ultimately that was my problem when I come back to it is that I didn't know where to get these parts and pieces and how to get it done. Yeah. So like, let me just create something that gives me that possibility. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy man. Yeah. And then what? Such a. I mean, amazing what's, story. What's the ratio? And I, I don't, and again, you don't have to, no numbers. I'm just curious on like, you know, I think everybody likes to have that cool bumper and that roof rack because it's universal to you know like for travel and storage and yeah. stuff versus like 
going to that next step of like doing the build out inside. Like, are you selling a lot of just roof racks and ladders and bumpers, or is it um, some? I'd say there's more people that definitely outfit their exterior than their interior yeah. first. Um, you know, it's tricky because we have a lot of stuff we ship out too, so I don't know where that's going to. I don't yeah. know if that's somebody that already has a build out or is looking to install their vehicle. But a lot of people, they want their vehicle to look good on the For exterior sure. first before yeah. they get into the interior. Because the interior gets pricey. Batteries, yeah. you know, water tanks, pumps, all that stuff. Yeah. And then are you, 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 you have a Sprinter 21 out there, right? Yeah. So that's our one of our new demo vehicles we just finished. And then uh, do you have a, a, a I mean, you got to be able to order. They take a long time if you want to order yeah. in advance. So yeah, yeah. You, that's another side of the business that gets really expensive is like you got to pre-order, you know, vans. You gotta pre-order them. Um, now we do like we work a lot with the Mercedes dealerships, yeah. so we're able to have the in kind of everywhere. Yeah, um, it's great. But you know, everything the last two years has been shortage, supply, yeah, demand, this all that. You know, so it's been tough to get anything really. But yeah, um, thankfully we manufacture a lot of our stuff, so at least our parts are good. Yeah, but just getting can't build anything without the vans. So yeah, yeah. That's a, I know we know there's a shortage, and we keep hearing it from everybody. Yeah. And we got a sponsor, um, Lake Elsinore. Uh, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. That's it. Yeah. So anybody looking for a car, you know. Used um, or new. They're, they're the go-to. Surfer, inland, go-to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we see a lot of, we see a lot of, you know, bands out there and you're going to have, you're going to be busy for a long, long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, we didn't talk about surfing that much, but that's cool. Yeah, no. We, well, we talked about you went to Cabo in uh, August, and you know, do you have another surf trip planned? Um, you know, I, I went to um, another cool one. It's pretty fun. Is Waco? Yep, in Texas. Nice, a little close one. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. Been there a couple times. Super fun. Want to go back there? Probably in the winter. Heard it gets pretty cold. Yeah. Every time I've been, it's been the summer, so it's been like. You know, 105 degrees. Yeah. The water's like 100 degrees. Yeah. Um, Larson's been there twice. Yeah. yeah. I haven't been there yet. It's it's pretty fun. Um, very tiring. You're constantly yeah. paddling. But um, I'd say what you get out of hours like equivalent to like a three four hour session. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But um, yeah, I don't know there, and um, I want to do a trip down to Mexico with a group of buddies. You guys want to go? <laughs> Let's do Let's it. Go. I love it. <laughs> Like drive down, drive like down like a couple of vans. Yeah, go camp out on some some different beaches and go hit some uh, good points. Yeah. yeah, there's so many good places down there. Yeah, and it's uncrowded. Yeah, for the most part, depending. Dude. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your stories, man. Such an amazing entrepreneurial, you know, story. It's uh, it's inspiring for sure. Yeah, and, and it gives. I'm gonna have my wife listen to this because I'm gonna be like. See, our kids don't have to go to school. No, I'm just kidding. No. Uh, yeah, of course you want, you know, schools obviously is, is great. And I mean, you're, you're a unique story that not, it's not fit for, you know, everybody to go down the same path. But it does open up eyes and, and ears to, you know, what's possible. Yeah. You know? The American dream. You are, you know, you are a you know, product of an American, you know, dream for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Well, thanks for sitting down with us, yeah. Duran. Yeah. yeah. Duran. Durag. Oh, yeah. We didn't even get the nickname. Uh, Real quick. Tell us about Durag. So, Durag was something um, back in high school. So, for the first couple of years, I, uh, I wore a Durag for my yearbook picture. <laughs> and they let that fly. Just total random thing. I think it was a Durag and a gold chain. Just like totally random, you know? Yeah. Just something different. And, and for uh, our they listeners, kind of fly. 
a do rag is like a weird thing you put in your hair. Yeah. Like hood rats wear. <laughs> yeah. It's like a little like I don't know, like kind of bandana head yeah. thing, you know, but uh just something random. Um yeah, and I kinda got like do rag, Duran, kinda sounded similar, so that's worked funny. out and then um yeah, Duran Duran just from people knowing the band, so yeah. Awesome. And your dad named you after that. Yeah, that was their uh the first date. So <laughs> Who was uh what's your brother's names? So um the oldest is Hunter and then the middle is Dylan and I'm the youngest. Hunter Dylan Duran. Yep. Yeah. Good names. Boys. Yeah. Good Boy names. Yeah. Well thank you. Yeah, man. Uh, I appreciate awesome it. Awesome to be here. Show. Thank you. If anybody wants to have the best looking Mercedes Sprinter van, you gotta hit up Duran Duran Morley at vanspeedshop.com. Yep. Yeah. Speedshop.com. Thanks. Peace. Peace. Bonsai Bowls. Hands down the best bowls, period. Seven locations. Two in Hawaii, five in Southern California. Bonsai Bowls. Go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill. Clean, healthy Mexican food. Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house, so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family-owned, showing local love for 22 years. Check out their website, calientesouthwest.com, for all your party pack and catering needs. You could also call them at 949-515-0909, calientesouthwest.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer, made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen, the best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen, it's been around since the sun. Shade, Shade. Sunscreen. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Fuwax is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Fuwax. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.